<laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I can never start the show in a serious kind of way. It's just it's just my nature. It's just the way it is. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Streaming Evil Live. My name is Jeffrey Murdergrand. <laughs> Jeffrey Murdergrand. And uh yeah, we have uh we're we're going up against the Super Bowl tonight. Who needs sports ball? I mean, who cares, man? Sports. It's just like I don't know. For me, it's always been it's always always been music. Music is my sports, okay? My 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 sports ball players, my pitchers and my 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 guys, you know, they're 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 uh guitar players and, and singers and, and drummers and stuff. That's what I like to talk about. Um, so there is that. Oh, we don't have the banner. Let's put the banner up as well. So I have a special guest. I'm gonna bury the lead a little bit. Actually, if you're reading the the title of this, you'll probably already know who it is. I thought he was the perfect guy to uh include for today's show. I didn't want to do this show solo. I felt like um it's going to be a little bit of discussion, but let me give a little uh, preamble before we get there. Uh, my decision to do this show. Well, I've been wanting to do this show for a long time. Um, it's something that I've always sort of like kicked around. And then, you know, a couple of times I've seen some posts uh, regarding, you know, this, this thing. And uh, I always said, man, I should do that. And I said, no, don't do that. That's going, that's too much. It's too far. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it, it, you know, my biggest fear, my biggest problem is that, that my intentions and what I say will be received and interpreted in the wrong way. So let me start off by straight up saying 100. What did I write? Actually, I wrote something that I thought was very apropos. What did I, let's see what I did. Ah, no, 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 we don't want to hear that. This is what I wrote on the thing. I wrote, please note, we are not here to make fun or talk-ish. This is meant to be a respectful, objective, honest, and thought-provoking analysis of the events that surround the video. Because, and the reason why I put that there, oh, it looks like the other person's post stuff disappeared. There was a post out there. Somebody was like, what? Uh, I hate that you're giving this oxygen. I don't think of it in that way. I don't think I'm giving anything oxygen. And the reason why is this, and we're going to talk more about that with our guests. How you doing? How you doing, Rusty Murdergram? TVC, present and accounted for. I love it. Uh, the reason why I don't think that myself and my guests are going to be giving it any oxygen is because this thing went viral before the invention of YouTube. YouTube did not exist when this flourished on the internet. This is you know, if you know anything about music or heavy metal or pop culture, this is a commonly known heard thing. Um, there have been a million podcasts about it, and usually they're very negative and, you know, sort of like go overboard with that sort of stuff. Uh, you don't generally see too many objective takes on the on the incident, on the situation. Uh, so I thought that what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do. Um, my guest is JW from, uh, keep on Danzig fan group. Uh, these are, uh, you know, it's funny. We have many different communities within Misfit Samhain Danzigdom. You know, you have, you have all your different groups and cliques and things. 
And the keep on dancers, they, they're meme, they're memeologists, I would say. That's the best way to describe them. They love making memes. That's how they uh, express themselves and enjoy uh, their their worship and fandom of, of Danzig and all things Danzig. Um, and so uh, I thought, you know, I, I need a, I'd like a co-host. I think, I think Jay, they were talking about it in their group too. And I just thought, man, this would be, this is the perfect time to bring this guy on the show uh, and sort of be a bouncing board for all the stuff that we're going to discuss. Now, here's the thing. I, this is, I don't want to, it's not a trial. It's not, I mean, this is like an investigative piece. We are going to investigate the, the situation here. And we're going to look at all the information because what is it that we do on the streaming evil live show? We go over minutia. That's what we do. We're nerds. We are misfits, Samhain Danzig nerds that like to pick out, oh, 1983, this happened. And, uh, you know, just like, just ridiculous nonsense, you know, that nobody else cares about except for us. But I thought one thing that has not, and a lot of people are like, oh, this video again. Well, let's look at all the stuff that is never talked about. Let's look at all the context that surrounds the incident. So we're not talking about the incident per se, because the video doesn't lie in this fact. The fact is that Danzig shoved the guy and the guy punched Danzig and Danzig got punched. Like you can't, that's, that's irrefutable truth. However, upon looking at the video and a lot of the circumstances and comments and testimony, testimony from people who are there, I'm just saying there's way more to this story in my personal opinion than meets the eye. Um, and I think way and this is my personal belief, I think way too much gets put on Danzig. I really do. I think that there are a lot of things that are not taken into account. So I'm going to bring JW on. We're going to um, look at all the stuff. I screenshot. I did a lot of prep for this for this episode. Oh, I just realized, where's the, oh, here's the other things I need. Whoops. Thanks for reminding me, you guys. Uh, I needed that. And I have my notes. Sorry, I just want to make sure we're extra prepared here. So we'll put that behind that. Pay no attention behind the wall here. So I'm going to bring in JW. He's going to say, what's up? He runs the, the KOD group. They're, they're still, they're alive and kicking. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to start discussing this. We're going to go through, I have points and we're going to go through the points. JW is going to say what he needs to say. I'm going to say what I need to say. And if anybody feels like commenting or weighing in from time to time, please feel free to. Um, further down the road, we are going to bring in someone else, and he is uh, going to be the resident, uh, I don't know, like the a panelist. Think of him as a panelist. He's a panelist expert on, um, on touring, being in a band, on the indie level, you know, um, just like band etiquette, stuff like that. Uh, areas where both JW and I are not too familiar. So he could probably contextualize further the things that we discuss. And we'll call him in after we we go through our stuff. So without further ado, let me, from KOD, keep on Danzig, uh, let me introduce to you JW. Welcome to the show, JW. Good evening, Jeff. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. It's good to be here. You know, I'm uh, pretty excited about this topic. One of the reasons is that it's, uh, uh, we have a lot of personal you know, investment in this topic. But, uh, you know, when you go back to like the roots of why Keep on Danzig was founded and, and the niche that we occupy, um, you can kind of look at the original YouTube casting of the video 
to kind of get a sense of that. Basically, you have kind of two camps that exist in the Danza verses, as I refer to it. You get the people that are just 1000%. Oh my God, that didn't even happen. Glenn should have killed him. How dare you guys even discuss it? And then on the other hand, you just got the, the, the Nimrods that are always like, oh my God, Glenn deserved to be punished. Ha ha. And so we actually had one of the rules in our uh, community. It's not just a meme group. We're, we're definitely a community. We have events, get togethers and so forth. Anyway, uh, one of the rules of that was you don't post the video because that's basically like a Bush League entry level bullshit that, you know, they're either going to come in and post tiny Danzig, Danzig holding cat litter or have you seen this video? Danzig got punched. Yeah, no shit. We've seen the fucking video. So we kind of it's kind of been a taboo topic because you can't just have an open discussion and, and, and bring it out without just having every dickhead in the, in, you know, crawl out from under the wood and, uh, and ruin the day. So, uh, anyway, thanks for having me on. I'll try to, uh, add some perspective and a little bit of analysis. I know we're, uh, we're going up against the Super Bowl, So, uh, I don't know. How do you feel about the ratings? Do you think we'll, uh, think we'll beat them? You know, I'm never worried about the live ratings because this show lives on YouTube afterwards, you know. Um, you know, when we get a lot of people, the, the best the best part of the show is when we have a lot of comments and people are really sure. weighing in on what's discussed. And that's so that's so much fun. And I I love that sort of stuff, like like uh, Rusty Murdergram. I suspect you'll probably get a lot of comments after the show. I think a lot of people are, uh, you know, occupied tonight. Um, hey, right. uh, I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure buying ad space on your show is a little, little, little more affordable than uh, Super Bowl. I think uh, Coca-Cola and some big wigs pulled out, so make them an offer, man. <laughs> let's um, let's let's start that this Wait, episode. What are you, you in there? This episode is sponsored by Bull and Basket Black okay. Cherry. Well, I think it's also sponsored by. How do you pronounce it? Lacroix. 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 Anyway, Lacroix Seltzer for the. Yes. For the discerning child that wants all the fun of a Coca-Cola, but without that obnoxious <laughs> flavor, taste, excitement, color, you know, if you yep. want something that tastes like water, but not, but uh, maybe <laughs> metallic flavor or something, kids love that shit, man. They they hate, they hate real soda. So anyway, shout out to LeBron. Cheers. I, I love this is a seltzer drinking show. So I have a real drink to start this off too. Yeah. And you got perfect. You're 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 all set there. You're getting loose. Coming up seven to the six on six. You got it. Buddy. Beautiful. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So, you know, you made me think of something else too. And this is something that every Danzig fan has to deal with. There's something weird. I think this is a great introduction. Yeah. There's something super weird about how, you know, um, when you're Danzig fans as a whole, like fandom, Danzig's fandom are and take their Danzig very, very seriously, <laughs> like really seriously in the How way that Danzig, you know, I say, you know, in terms of kind of differentiating and, and why and why KOD has been so successful is, you know, we did create a niche that, that did not exist before. You basically had the people that were just, you know, Danzig haters. And then you had, you know, kind of like official type fan groups where you couldn't even, you know, you couldn't even make jokes. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, KOD, all they do is make fun of, make fun of Danzig. No, I say we don't make fun of Danzig. We fucking celebrate Danzig. We love Danzig more than Danzig loves Danzig. And that <laughs> we're going to do a lot of crazy shit 
that doesn't get endorsed and doesn't get embraced by the outside traditional fan that just, you know, very tunnel vision and shit. And so, you know, so people don't like it, they can fuck off. And that's what they do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but that's like the, and you know, so you can relate to what I'm about to say in terms of, if you're a fan of Danzig, you know, whatever, through the years, anybody who doesn't like Danzig is going to go, hey, look at this, as you just said, hey, look at the video. Low-hanging fruit. They all think they're, they they know three things. Mother. Yeah. uh, Kitty litter. And this video. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, and you want to know what's so weird? On one hand, it's like, dude, why do you think I'm going to be affected or offended by you which is what they want to do by you talking about it. Yeah, there's that. And there's also, you know, I think one thing that really, you know, when you get true Danzig fans that are not just obsessed with Danzig, but have a greater sense of, of the universe and their place in it. We, we understand that, you know, it's not about just like ripping on the guy. We know that he's, ridiculous in many cases i use that word lovingly you know we talk about his love of onion soup and and his you know freak outs and stuff and he's very serious about shit we don't love him in spite of that shit we love him because of that shit as well yeah you know so it's like you know people like the low-level dickheads that are just haters they love to come in and go oh danzig he's a dick so what I want all my rock stars to be a dick. I want them to be amped up to 11. I want them to be fucking extreme. And I love that about Danzig. He's unapologetic. He's, he's, he's him. And, uh, you know, that's that. Right. And so, but here's, and here's the funny thing. I, I agree with everything you just said, but additionally, when they do try to get one's goat being that one being a Danzig fan, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I got to admit, and this might be just me personally, but I do think a lot of dancing fans can relate. I do take it personally. I do get yeah, upset. A little like, bit, you know, I, I think. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think, like you said, you know, you consider music your sport. You know, I, I'm not into sports either. I, you know. This is our team. This is our I'm team. I'm not going to jump into a conversation about the Super Bowl and try to act like I know what I'm talking about. You know, if you want to talk to Danzig about me or if you want to talk about any of the bands that I'm into, either come with a place of respect, knowing that you don't know shit and be enlightened. Or if you do know something, fucking bring it to the table, show that you're worthy of being part of that discourse. And let's go from there, because don't just come in and go, Danzig's a dick. All he ever did was mother. No, that shows that you're not worthy of a conversation. So I feel like, you know, with a lot of things in life, I feel like, you know, it's that filter. Like, are you worthy to have this discussion? Don't tell me about Danzig if you don't know about Danzig. Get the fuck out. If you only know one song, well, there's really not. Don't tell me that he sucks because you only know one song. Anyway. So I think that this introduction here, this introduction, again, for anybody, like I said, there was a comment before which had me a little uh, anxious. So if I'm being honest with you, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little anxious because, you know, again, I had to ask myself the question, am I giving something oxygen that, you know, and then I'm like, what, who cares? Like, no, Hey, who cares? Number one, but number two, 
No, I don't think I'm giving anything oxygen. If anything, this is what we do on the show. This is a topic. And by the way, this is what I want to really mention is this is our 50th episode, people. I've been doing the show every week. Thank you. We're doing the show every week. Um, I think we missed like one week or maybe, I don't know. We might've missed a few weeks, but like 50 episodes, man. Um, and I never thought we would reach number 50, but we did. And it's freaking awesome. You do one every week or, uh, uh, just about, just about. And you know, what's funny. My biggest fear is my biggest fear is I'm like, I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. Like when am <laughs> what is the other no, shoe going to drop? You, you won't actually, um, that's the great thing about going down the Danzig hole. <laughs> I started K I started KOD almost six years ago. And, uh, shortly after like, you know, the first few months or something, some asshole is like, Hey, we've done every meme we can do. We've made every joke we can make. We need to open it up for other punk rock bands. We need to open it up for other topics. And I said, no, we don't. You need to get the fuck out. Because <laughs> you fucking love something. There is a million different ways that you can look at it, a million different ways you can talk about it. There's always weird shit coming up. There's always new stories. You got Ashley bringing something new to the table. You got all kinds of goofy shit. And if that's not enough for you, sorry. You don't have what it takes to freaking hang. You know, if you think that, if you think you need to bring more into that, you're out. You know, I believe in my group, I believe in keeping that shit narrow. I say, if you, if you can't bring something that's, that's zigged, don't fucking post it. I don't give a shit what Metallica does. If Metallica's fucking doing dancing cover, okay, fine. But don't, you know, don't tell me that uh, some dipshit rock band that I have to hear. I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> keep it dancing. Anyway, right. Right. I, I get on a tangent. <laughs> um, so, so here's what we're going to do. Okay. So again, people, so you know where we're coming from here. This is not about making fun. This is not about showing disrespect. This is not about talking shit. This is about is examining lovely. information and facts and yada, yada, yada. So I have, so, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to lead the discussion. JW is going to chime in with his two cents. And then we're going to have comments, and then we're going to have my panelist. I'll, I'll call him out. I don't know if he's in or in yet, but whenever he comes in, I'll, I'll, I'll send the high sign. We're going to bring the panelist in as well. And if I may um, – no, no, no. We're good. We're good. Okay. So real quick. Okay. So now I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, I guess – okay. So let me start with my, my notes, make sure that I'm in the right spot. Talked about that. Talked about that. Talked about that. Okay, so let me set, let's set the scene and narrative. Again, you know what's kind of funny? Eventually, we're going to get to the, the moment when... when <laughs> the moment of impact. Yeah, the moment of... <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we're going to get to the moment of impact. But um, I think a lot of what we're going to discuss is actually dances around the moment of impact. The moment of impact is... Dance of the wolves. Dude, it's... Yeah. It's going to be Danzig of Wolves because the moment of impact is like the sun of the solar system. And we're just going to be exploring all Planet. the planets, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So let's set the scene ready. This is like now we're, this is turning into cereal. Um, the year is 2004. It's 4th of July weekend, July 3rd, Tuba City in Arizona. Now, this is something I did not know. I did a lot of reading about this recently um, in, in my uh, quest to learn more than just, oh, Danzig got 
punched while on a videotape. So this this incident happens July third, uh, two thousand four, on a on a Native American reservation. Okay, in Arizona. This I did not know. This kind of blew my mind. It was for a festival. The festival was supposed to have two stages. It ended up getting one stage. That'll be discussed later. Uh, again, from the information that I pulled, Danzig was not the original headliner of this show. It was actually supposed to be Slayer. Slayer canceled at the last minute, and Danzig filled in the date. I've also read elsewhere that Danzig, and again, someone might be able to cross-reference this better than me with tour dates, but Danzig had just come back from Europe, and now he was doing a couple of dates in the U.S., before um, returning back to LA. So this was one of those dates. It was incredibly hot outside. There were a lot of people waiting for the, uh, to get tickets, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that is where everything sort of begins. And now I'm thinking, JW, is it better to sort of start with the testimonies of the parties involved, or should we just tell the story for people who don't know? Or people Why don't you, you know, maybe maybe you should just give an overview of what went down, you know, basically a summary. Uh, obviously, there's some arcs there that you can go, but, you know, and then along the way, I mean, I have some issues with some, you know, some bits and pieces. So, uh, maybe an overall summary of what the, you know, what went down with the event. I that's my first time hearing that, or I might've heard it. Or if I did, I forgot it, but uh, that Slayer was supposed to headline originally. No, did not know that at all. That, so, that uh, yeah. Anyway. As a matter of fact, I cannot find, I am trying to find, I was trying to find more. And again, guys, I did a bunch of reading there. I might get some facts wrong. If anybody can fact check me or say, Jeff, that's actually not true. And post in the comment and explain why it's not true. We, JW and I, we welcome that. We do not want, we're not authorities here. We are just looking at information objectively. Uh, yes, we have a bias. That part of the problem here, or at least I have a bias. There's a bias here because I'm a ginormous fan of Uncle Glenn. I love yeah. Uncle Glenn. I love Uncle Jerry. You know what I mean? I love these guys. So it's like, I do have a bit of a bias. However, when I still look objectively out, uh, um, at the information, I kind of think this whole thing is bullshit a little bit. Did Danzig get punched? Yes, he got punched. But I mean, besides that, like this, the what led to him getting punched and yada yada yada. There's just a lot of stuff. So basically, overview and JW, please inject anything that you think I forgot. Overview. Um, they the, a bunch of bands get dropped from the bill. This is the super overview. Bunch of bands get dropped. There's a there's a ton of opening bands. Uh, I've read some places that it was eleven opening bands. Other places, I've read that it was 14 opening bands. Too many. Too many opening bands for Danzig as a headliner. Now, I've heard some places say that this was a festival. Other places, not so much. It was essentially a Danzig show with a bunch of openers. Um, there was supposed to be two stages. Uh, the, the town or the city or whatever removed one of the stages. The whole idea being that you, one band, this is common at festivals. Sure. Right, one band sets up while the other no, band plays. Time you go from one to the other. Yeah, right, right, and they nix that, which which creates a bottleneck issue. In any case, a bunch of bands did not get a chance to play. Um, 
there is supposedly, and again, this is where I find some contention. Supposedly, um, the, uh, uh, Danzig, Danzig moves up his set time. Danzig's supposed to play at 12. He plays at 10. And a deal, a deal is struck. Supposedly, a deal is struck where, where Glenn is supposed to say, after he's finished with his set, stick around. There are more bands. This was the compromise. This didn't happen. Uh, the, the guy... The the uh, uh, we'll just call him Danny. I don't even want to give his band really any attention. Although I guess we probably will in the details. This guy Danny um, confronts Glenn. Uh, Glenn pushes Danny. Danny punches Glenn. Glenn falls, uh, and then this tape makes the rounds. And again, just to give you context of the time, pre YouTube. This is 2004. YouTube doesn't come into play until 2005. This thing was viral back in 2004. JW, do you remember what it was like back then and remember hearing about this video for the first time and anything you can recall in that situation? You know, it's it's I, I remember watching it. I remember my friends, you know, telling me about it. And I don't really remember what the logistics of it were to like access the video. You know, I'm trying to remember like pre YouTube, I think. You know, you'd find some link in a bulletin board or something, and it would go to some weird choppy, you know, choppy thing to play it. I obviously we all saw it on the internet, um, but I don't really, you know, and 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 yeah, it was it was short pretty much right after when it whenever he posted it, 2004, 2005 or whatever. Um, and so I don't know the, the the mechanics of how how did things go viral back then? I guess just word of mouth, you know, just kind of spread around. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I remember it. I remember being like, wow, that's, <laughs> you know, at the time I thought it was like, uh, you know, pretty wild stuff and yeah, pretty viral before the, before the YouTube. That's a good way to, that's a good way to put it. It's just so crazy because yeah. So I think, so if I remember, cause I remember seeing all sorts of stuff before YouTube and basically what you had was you had like the quick time. Remember like those embedded quick time mm -hmm. players? Yeah. And that's how you watch stuff. And I actually did find in my research, it was azpunk.com that broke the video. Mm -hmm. the, the, the band, Danny's band, gave the video to azpunk.com. Mm -hmm. They uploaded it, and that's when it exploded. I personally remember when it happened, and I remember just being kind of like, I think I was definitely like kind of bummed because, you know, <laughs> and this is the problem – you know, this is the problem for a lot of dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like actually on my downtime. You know, I, I, I took kind of a hiatus in my Danzig fandom. Uh, like many people, once Danzig 5 came out, I kind of threw a hissy fit and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of went and dug into a little hole and right. uh, came out strong again after Danzig's uh, Death Red Sabbath, you know, and it's like, all right, I'm back. You hibernated. You hibernated. And then I went and then I revisited the old stuff. I'm like, all right, I. I should have I should have stuck with it, you know. But I was one of those guys that went on that went on break when, when we ran for the hills after Danzig Five. Um, but yeah, it was uh, viral. It was uh, definitely entertaining because it's it's you know Glenn kind of has a certain image, a certain uh, reputation he likes to protect. So regardless of what side of the fence you were on on any of it, uh, it was something that. Uh, uh, that got spread and then was de definitely buzzworthy, you know? So, yeah, but you know what it was? Danzig was a Superman 
for many mm-hmm. fans, dude. He was. He was like a Superman. Yeah. It was yeah. like, remember, uh, and JW, I don't know if you're a comic book man, but remember when Superman died in 1994 or whatever? Superman died. That was big news. People were like, you know, and again, I'm not trying to compare Glenn Danzig no, to Superman. I'm just no. saying... I'm just saying that a lot of people were like, Dance, nothing could, you know, Danzig was infallible. And then this was an, uh, this was the first time that we saw the guy that, you know, we all loved and cherished in that kind of way, just get, you know, dropped, like straight up dropped. He got dropped, man. I, I hate to say it. He got dropped. However, I have always watched that video. Go ahead. Yeah. I was about to say, well, I have, I have rewatched that video a lot, especially now. And he doesn't really get dropped. It's not, it's not what people, it really got over-exaggerated and amped up in a big sort of way. When you actually watch it, we're going to watch it guys. We're going to, we have a frame by frame sort of situation. It's not, it's, it's the Zapruder. We have the Zapruder film. It's not high res, uh, but we're going to do our best to sort of analyze and, and take, take this into uh, account as well. So that is another thing that we, um, that we can do. Uh, so hold on, let me just check my notes real quick. All right. So I guess, okay, JW, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to ban, wait, what did I do? Ban mem- Okay. Yeah, there's that. Okay. So let's go to, before we do anything else, I'm going to share my screen and what I've done. So I went through a bunch of YouTube videos and a bunch of sort of, I guess this is some, I tried to collect eyewitness testimony that was not the North side Kings guy. And that was not Danzig. I was trying to find. (laughs) I know, I know, but I was trying to find people (laughs) that were there and could present some sort of additional context to everything that we say. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through these comments and then I'll fill in yada, yada, yada. And we can, we can talk about that. Um, Hold on. Let's just see. I said this comment, the people that allowed that to happen should be, uh, Taken hang. care of. Yes, hang. <laughs> uh, the dude was like 300 pounds. Yes, these are some of my these are some of my uh problems, Mr. Mecca Wolf. I ha- these are some of my issues too. Uh shit was so unfair, even in real fights. We have weight classes for a reason. Yes, that is one of my actually that's one of my notes, is the weight class thing. Um, Rue says Rue Morg says he was not put out, knocked out, is what he says. Uh Oliver from a stone. <laughs> um, because yes, that's right. Because but I think he says, you know, he, he uh, Mecca Wolf mentions, yeah. uh, I can't see the comment now. Yeah, yeah, put it back, put it back. If he was 300 pounds, he wouldn't be proud of, of knocking out a 50-year-old man that's half my size. He wasn't proud of knocking out a 50-year-old man half his size. It was that he not, knocked out. I say Danzig dropped down. It was Anyway, we can talk right. about that later. But his his claim to fame wasn't that he knocked out a 50-year-old man. He was that he punched Danzig. Right. He right. basically created his entire existence after right. that fact. He says, like, oh, you know, he he brought wrote a wrote a book called uh, Never Punch a Rock Star. And I mean, yeah. he's writing that coattail forever, man. His entire life. His entire his life was entire life. life. And, was defined and by let me moment. just say this because because we can chop we can chop up the details about the opening right. band this and that, but let me just go on record and and uh, so here's my bias if you will I fucking hate opening bands okay I don't want them and I don't want fucking fourteen of them so this whole shit about Danzig being 
Oh, he demanded to be moved up front. Thank God he demanded to be moved up front because if I was there, I sure as fuck don't want to wait till midnight to see Danzig. I love that usually when I go see Danzig, there's one or two opening bands. I'm at the bar drinking. I'm outside pounding beers in the fucking parking lot. I know that that typically Glenn's going to hit the stage around eight or nine. Get shit done. Let us fucking live our lives. And then they talk about, oh, the bands could have gone afterwards. So what? You actually think people are going to fucking stay till six in the morning watching your shit ass band? Fuck that. So anyway, and I think one thing that we want to talk about when, when if, if we talk about, you know, the opening bands, like what I'm curious of is whether these were bands that were just given an opportunity to fill time that they thought was going to be there, you know, for you know, six hours of pre pre Danzig or pre Slayer originally bullshit. Or was this a pay to play situation where they actually paid for that opportunity? Because I could understand being a band and getting quite pissed if I paid, you know, $400 or whatever, the whatever out of pocket for the opportunity to be one of those 11 opening bands is because I just, you know, if yeah, North Kings that's not, that's still not North. Danzig's problem. That's it's not Dan- promoters None problem. of that is Danzig's problem. Yes. Yeah. I'm concerned, you know, we can talk about the video, but this logistics shit leading up to it, right. you know, none of that is Glenn. And the whole thing about Glenn's supposed to, announce the band when they take this, you know, before he's done. Why is that Glenn's responsibility? His responsibility. Is that in his contract? Is it in his contract? I, I doubt. That was just some, that was just some make it up on the fly bullshit because these guys didn't have their act together. Okay. They said you know, they, they obviously didn't have the permits or whatever for two stages. Right. So they had to go there. there. Right. Now it's no wonder they say, you know, uh, some people blame Danzig for the sound check running to five 30 bullshit. If you had two side stages going back and forth, and then they say, oh, Danzig was ripping the stage apart after he was done. Whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. Hold on one thing, too. One thing, too. Just to, sorry, sorry. I just want to interject. No, no, no. Um, no, no, no. You, everything you said is like, like, I agree with everything you just said. Additionally, Danzig's the hand, headliner. You know, they were. there's a yes. lot of complaints that he took too long on soundcheck. He's the headliner. His sound has he's to be the perfect. only one in sound fucking matters. Because like, who cares? I want to listen to you. Northside Kings, it doesn't matter what their fucking sound check is because they sound like shit anyway. They're precisely, fucking, you know, their biggest fucking bill was probably, you know, 50 people in a goddamn bowling alley. So, you know, so damn right, damn right, you want to get it right. No, fuck off. We don't have time to do 11 fucking bands when we've been reduced from two stages to one stage, all of which is not Glenn's fucking problem. Someone said in one of the videos, Oh, Glenn demanded that it only be one stage. What does Glenn fucking care if there's only one stage or two yeah, stages? Yeah, see, this is where... This is his stage. So this whole shit at the end about Glenn, uh, you know, uh, not letting them go on because his his band is tearing down the stage. They should be tearing down the stage. They should be able to pack up their shit and get the fuck out because that's they're there to play a show and then be done. You know, fuck that. Um. Yeah, dude, you just you just you just hit a bunch of nails on the head. I mean, that's exactly it. If if he's taking extra long, you know, sound check is incredibly important for bands, especially yeah. a band like Danzig. And you want to know something? If they're taking extra long, they're taking extra long because they needs to be right so that they can put on a good show. Because sure. what is is Glenn has been hired to put on a good show for the Look, fans. No, so whatever the ticket price was, thirty dollars, forty dollars, fifty dollars, nobody paid that ticket price to see. Dan NSK Danny right. shit band or right. 
or whatever the 11. There's a reason that we don't know who the 11 to 14 other bands are because they don't fucking matter. Okay. If it was Slayer, yeah, Slayer has a reason to talk about it. If they were kicked off, but they probably just said, fuck that. It's a shitty little. It, they might have seen that there was something. Yeah, reservations, bro. It's probably in a goddamn fucking Jeep hangar or something in yep. the, the fucking desert. Yep. No to go out there. Tuba City. Only reason I know the word Tuba City is because of this shit. I don't think anybody in the world knows. I've, I've, I've heard it's near Flagstaff. I haven't looked for it on a map, but I've never heard of it before. Tuba City is, unless they're a Nanzig nerd and into this shit or happen to live in fucking, or if they're the three people that live in Tuba City. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. No, Tuba City is a, it's a, it's a Native American reservation. Oh, okay. So See, like, there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people there. I don't really know how all that stuff works. Although I do know from my reading that there was an FBI person, FBI agent there, because there because that's how it works. There has to be for uh, for yeah. for things for things that happen on the reservation. You need some. You need an FBI agent. No, there's okay. actually an FBI agent at the thing, but whatever. In any case, now what we're gonna do. Um, because uh, JW actually went over several points that we're going to recover. We're going to talk all about that now. Uh, and, and again, there's endless stuff to pour over and discuss with this. So hold on one second. I'm going to go to my share screen. We're going to do the share screen thing. And boom, here are my screenshotted things. Uh, this is from Blabbermouth. This is like right after it happened. I think this, oh no, this might've been from 2006. Uh, to make a long story short, this is, I think this is, uh, this was, this is what Danny this is what Danny said, and something JW. This is something we do often on the show: is we look at what people say within the context of the year of which it's said, because it changes. You know, as years and time passes, things change. This and this, I'm already I'm already reading this, and it's already like contradicting their bullshit about Danzig moving up in the slot. This right. one says right here says Danzig refused to push back the original time slot. Right. Thanks. So it's. And exactly. If I was there. Yeah. I would be fucking mad. Okay. Right. I, I went to a festival once where they crammed Slipknot in, who was not originally on the bill, and I had to wait like another forty-five minutes to see Iron Maiden. I was fucking pissed. Okay. I don't want to see Slipknot. I, I, I if I don't want to see clowns on stage beating drums, I'll, I'll insane I'll, clown posse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so here's what it says. To make a long story short, this is Danny from the band, the guy who punched Danzig. To make a long story short, the whole show was a disaster and a few bands got bumped off. Mr. Danzig or his management, question mark, question mark, refused to push back the original scheduled time slot. So Northside Kings and Rapid Fire, I never, I guess that was the other one. Oh, Rapid, Rapid Fire, Fire. that was a big name. Okay, well, would have to play after his set, whatever. We agreed to play later because we drove six hours and didn't feel like going home without playing. <laughs> I mean, boo-hoo, man. Uh, needless to say, as soon as Danzig was finished, the venue turned on the lights and Danzig's crew and the staging company began to take the stage apart almost instantly. Uh, I confronted Mr. Danzig backstage while he was signing autographs and told him I thought he was an a-hole because of his rock star attitude and no consideration towards the few other bands that got bumped just off one tonight. Quick, just one quick comment. He's yeah. the only rock star in the fucking building. Go ahead. And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure that's the best way to approach Danzig after a show. <laughs> hey, 
I think you're an a-hole. You with, with, rock star yeah, great way. Yeah, Glenn is really going to respond. Glenn is totally going to go, oh, I'm so sorry. I, uh, I apologize to you for that. He's this really going to take kindly to, to, that, to that sort of thing. Um, in a fit of rage, he turned around and slammed me into the wall, yelling, F you, mother effer, trying to be a big, tough guy in front of his fans. I, in self-defense, punched him in the face knocking him out as he was attacking me again. He went down, bleeding from his mouth, eyes rolled back, and in sh- and in shock that he got knocked to the floor so quickly. Oh, so he his eyes were rolling to the back of his head, but he was also in shock that he got knocked to the floor so Look, quickly. It's, it's weird because Danny punches him, and then supposedly he's Slaps got- or punches? Slaps or punches? I think it glanced off him, and Glenn just fucking fell. But anyway... Here's here's what he says. Okay, don't don't freaking film your incident and then have a testimony that completely contradicts your yeah. actual <laughs> video. Okay, this whole shit about he slammed me up against the wall. No, dude, he fucking pushed you. You went back a few inches, then you swung back. You know, yeah, maybe you connected with Glenn. Glenn fell down. Whatever. How do you know that he K- that he KO'd? His his eyes were rolling back. No, he freaking fell. He fell down, and there's well, a he bolted too. Really? You know, he didn't look inside and see the whites of his eyes rolling back in his head. Give me a fucking break. This guy's like writing cartoons, not a fucking reality show. He's right. an now. Now the next thing that's said here is a friend happened to tape the entire incident, and this is all documented. Many witnesses saw him attack me, and I did what any man would do. Now, here's what's really, here's another contradictory angle. One second, it's a friend who was videotaping. Another second, they're making a documentary. Another second, it's, you know, it's like, uh, it keeps changing who sure. this person was with the, with the videotape. But what about, but what about, um, so one thing that I was wondering today, and yeah, you know it if you're a little more diligent in uh, in seeking this stuff out. But so, you know, I, I, I've heard reference to this documentary that they are making. Okay, where is that documentary? Because it seems like all we have is these clips on the YouTube. Right, there's no documentary. If there was a documentary that actually discussed it, I'm sure somebody would have brought it up and said, hey, look, this asshole is talking about this. This is what he says. And they had been filming supposedly for a few years. Yeah, and so like, what the, did, did that documentary ever get birthed? I don't think so. I don't think there was ever right. anything that actually became of it. And it's like, and why wouldn't you? Okay, you have the only interesting thing to ever happen to your shit ass band, and you don't go forward with making this fucking convoluted project. Nobody wants to see you play fucking reservation, but they do want to hear the fucking story. Okay, right. The reason that you got a book deal for whatever you know to post on Amazon about uh, never punch a rock star. It's not because you're the North side Kings. It's because of who you knocked down. Right. Use the word knocked out. I think that's total bullshit. Knocked you, down. Let's call it knocked down. I agree. Knocked down. Yes. You know? Yes. It's just fucking retarded. So, so again, for our little tribunal, because you can consider this an independent fan investigation. I'm a man of Yes, we're mans of science. And so we decided that from now on, it's no longer known as the Danzig knockout video. It's the Danzig knockdown video. Or even the fall down. Okay. Fa- <laughs> I have fallen down many times. Okay. If I get caught off guard, if I get if a 
I've walked into shit. You're a Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) Okay. People fall down. Okay. Sometimes my eyes roll back in the back of my head. No. (laughs) Right. You know, I think he's, he's adding a lot. He's adding a lot of embellishment for something that he wasn't even fucking looking at. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. His eyes rolled back. I could see ventricle of his vein going into the the northeast quadrant and it was pumping at 32 beats of fuck you yeah it's just it, it's ridiculous or shit no it's can. ridiculous all right let's move on let's move on we've got a lot of these to cover ready okay so oh whoa that is super small look at that thing all right hold on sorry here so now this is this was dancing here's another thing that i want to quickly point out before we move on to this to this clip one thing i want to point out everything we know besides what some people have said on the internet has come from Danny and the Northside Kings. Danzig has said like three things about this thing. And if I'm truly being objective and I want to be objective, even as uh, you know, a diehard misfits nerd who loves uncle Glenn, then I have to admit that Danzig's Danzig's defensive response is pretty whack it's pretty stupid like honestly he shouldn't have said anything at all i i don't know why he said what he said i think it was like i think it was kind of whack if i'm being honest um again yeah just to jump in there go ahead i suspect based on the factual factual reports or i should say you know different takes from people who were there i've seen some videos on the youtube and stuff and all this none of the reports on that go against the fact that however you slice it, whether you think Glenn was a fucking monster, an asshole, he deserved to be hit, whatever, regardless of where you come from on this, on this issue, I think it's pretty consistent that that concert, that event was an entire fucking shit show. Yeah, it was. Yes. And yes. We've been at shit shows. Sometimes we've been yes. the, the pay, you know, organizers of shit shows and <laughs> are the main event of shit shows. And sometimes we've just been in attendance at shit shows and it's fucking annoying. And I, I suspect that Glenn and the guys along with probably 11 to 14, no, nobody's probably dealt with a lot of shit that day. Just fucking getting to getting the thing to happen. I mean, the fact that they would, if this happened, if I was Glenn and someone said, Hey, after the show, uh, make a little announcement that says, uh, stick around. Uh, we have the other 11 to 14 bands about to play. No, I'm not doing that. And I know who else would not do that. Glenn Danzig. Okay. It's not his responsibility and nobody in that freaking shitty bowling at whatever that fucking place is on the tuba city reservation. Nobody fucking wants to see that shit either. We see Danzig and we're done. Okay, we might go to a bar if it's open. And if Danzig got his set at 10 p.m., God bless him. We probably can hit last call at a fucking bar. Other than that, the night is done. There's nothing else going on in that in that concert hall that we care about. Now, the thing is, the yes, everything. Yes, you're right. You're right. And the thing is, too, is that Glenn has literally said like three things about this. The other dude has talked about this endlessly. And so it's a defining moment of his life, right? It's a defining moment of his life. But 
my point is, is that we really don't have much to contextualize everything, or at least we had to dig. No, we have to, to fill in the gaps with a lot of speculation. But I think a lot of that speculation is based on, you know, you you and I are both concert, you know, fanatics and rock and roll fanatics. We've been at this. I'm 47 years old. It's it's you know since probably age 16 or whatever. Like this is all I fucking do. Um, you're probably pretty similar. Um, so regardless of the fact that we don't know all the details of what went on backstage and what right you know led up to all this, you know. What we do know is how shows work and, and the basic mechanics of this. And so I think this really is a testament to just how fucking amateur this guy is. And, and that doesn't mean that that's atypical. I see a lot of shit-ass bands. They think they got their big break. Oh, my God, we're opening for Danzig. No, you got to understand that that going in already has all the risk, whether it's your opening for Danzig or your Slayer or, or, or whoever you're opening for, like that's maybe you're going to, you're going to get a chance to be in front of some people or whatever. But even in the best of situations, things go wrong. And this was a fucking shit show. And guess what? When the shit show goes down, who's going to take a backseat? Not the star, not people that want to actually see stuff. The actual, the people that were there to fucking fill eight hours, 10 hours of, of preamble, those are the ones that not only should take the back seat, but need to take a back seat. You're basically fillers at the ESPN sports show. You know when they have like the Grammys and it's like you, they pay like those people to fucking fill seats and move around to like fill up the crowd shots. And then when the real when when the actual event comes and they're like, I get the fuck out, you know, Madonna, Madonna's here and, and actual actual important people need these seats. You're a fucking seat filler. Okay. You, I, I can, this is speculation on my part, but I bet it was a, actually, I shouldn't say I bet there was a pay to play because then you, you know, then, then well, I was, we're going to ask, I want to, we're going to have uh, the, know that. Yeah. the panel, the panel person I want to bring on might be able to help us figure some of that stuff out. Um, so let's go now and let's go back to this is, let me go back to this. This is what we were going to look at. So when asked about the incident in a 2006 interview, so this is two years later with KNAC.com. This is actually really sad because when you think that the North, North, the, the guy, Danny, he still talks about this to this day. This is not just Danzig says, uh, yeah, I know the, I know the North side Kings milked it, the video for all they could, but that was two years ago. I don't know. How <laughs> They're milking it for all they can 15 years after that was said. <laughs> so but yeah. But that was two years ago. I don't know how much good it ended up doing for them. Are they even still around? Uh, the only people who keep bringing it up are you people, music hacks and <laughs> dancing nerds. Um, and yes, I'm sick of talking about it. But the people who have always liked me probably still like me. The people who hate me probably still hate me. It didn't 1,000%. That's so true, man. That bottom sentence. Yeah. <laughs> always like me still like me the people that ate me still ate me it didn't change anything that's could not be more accurate and i love that that was his attitude yeah right after that you know what i mean i, I like this is the only statement see he made that other statement later this was the only statement he should have ever made about it it was the most it yeah. was teflon it was teflon and you know, you know? And you know why you know people like like and and 
And, uh, and I'm glad that you qualified the beginning of this and said, this is not a trial because Glenn shouldn't ever be on trial for this. Right. Not a trial. It's an investigation. He doesn't have have anything to fucking prove or say. Right. Like, I think, you know, if anything, like, why was, why was that? of a shit even backstage near glenn you know? oh that's one of that is one of my points that's great. one of my points like, you know there's there's no glenn glenn should never be in the position of defending himself on this topic why do you think he always has a bodyguard guy honestly why like exactly that's why you always have you have, you see these big guys that surround glenn it's yeah. precisely for situations like this and yeah, i gotta tell you this dumb shit from happening and you want to know something i bet you whatever those whatever money he invests in that kind of entourage security i bet it's worth every penny for all the you have to think for every guy that gets through how many guys were were had interference ran on him and you didn't have an incident because of that every fucking penny okay so I'm, i'm just a dickhead on the internet and i get dumb fucks you know trespassing into my part <laughs> hotel rooms like jw what the fuck who cares but people fucking care i can only imagine the type of shit that glenn danzig fucking has to deal with so yeah, yeah it's, it's worth every penny and and it's you know it protects his brand and it protects him and it also protects everyone around him you know i've i've heard from uh i i can't remember which bodyguard it was it was a guy that also did you know security for corn and stuff like that and uh, and 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 he basically just said, "Look, he's like, I'm there to protect <laughs> to protect everybody from Glenn and to just keep shit chill." He's like, he's, right. "You know, fucking snap, he's gonna fucking go crazy." And it's like, "All right, Glenn, just chill, get these fuckers out of his way," because you know, 99% of them probably do deserve to be punched, and we all have different you know default settings as to when that little punch trigger goes goes into effect, you know. That guy was up in Danzig's face. Also, like the thing that they never talk about, when you get done with a show, like your fucking nerves are through the fucking roof. You know, you are not, you are not ready. Look at any interview with like. Well, also, what if you have a bad show? If you have a bad show. Probably the worst fucking day. I mean, God can only imagine what 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 a mess that was. And so like, and then, you know, Danzig just wants to fucking go drink a kombucha and just chill, <laughs> watch some fucking, you know, watch some fucking Mighty Mouse cartoons or something. And then there's this gets in his fucking face. Hey, man, how come you didn't announce us? How come you didn't tell him that we're going to go on? Dude, wrong time, wrong attitude. Okay. Wrong venue in front of wrong all venue. those people. In front wrong of attitude. all those people. Okay. And, 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 and yeah, shouldn't, you know, even, even if you're so dumb that you think you have like a case to, to submit, talk to fucking anybody but Glenn. Glenn's not, Glenn didn't organize the fucking concert. You right. Know, what does he fucking care? Right. He just knows all of a sudden that there's this loudmouth asshole shouting at him. He's like, yeah, okay. He fucking pushed him because there was a loudmouth shouting at him. And look at his fucking. <laughs> All right, ready, ready. Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna move on. I want to get through these uh, these testimonies. Okay, yeah. uh, all great stuff, and I agree. Yes, I, I we're, we're so far. You and I are on the same page about everything. Good to hear it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this came from my this came from 
uh, a group on Facebook. I'm not going to say which the group was. I want to leave the person who posted it and the people that they're talking about anonymous because when I tried to further corroborate and back up the claim, uh, I could not get a solid answer. However, I personally believe that the person who posted this had no reason to exaggerate or lie. I think the person that could not corroborate with for me didn't want to, you know, involve, you know, themselves in any which way with drama. And I can understand that. And so I'm leaving this comment anonymous. Um, but I think it's a pretty reliable, again, this is, this is secondhand information told by someone who was there. So that's our first account. Ready? This is what they say. Um, wow. Why are these so small when I do this? Uh, Basically, uh, NSK, Northside Kings, Northside Kings, Northside King, was bitching at Glenn for taking their time slot. But the reason for that was that the Northside Kings was late. So Zig got bumped up and longer set. When they finished, festival people began tearing down the stage, etc. And the Northside King fat dude confronts him <laughs> <laughs> and instigates him. Uh, we all see GD push him and get a fist to the lip, and he goes down. But at no point was GD knocked out. He gets up, not in the video, uh, uh, shakes it off, cleans blood. Meanwhile, the fat man was a hit-and-run bitch, threw the punch, and fled. Now, hold on one second, real quick, before we before we go further. I This is obviously from someone who was very biased or whoever is telling the story is is a bit biased in 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 a certain sense uh, a few things that they did get wrong that i know from reading elsewhere um glenn did take the time slot but it was not necessarily i cannot i don't know if if the north side were late on purpose or late by accident i don't know they were they were they drove 6 hours to get there i don't know if it was because of lateness because elsewhere, as we're going to read, apparently um, it, there were there were other logistics at play, which is why Danzig wanted his slot moved up. He was doing a favor by filling the slot for Slayer, who pulled out, and he didn't want to go on at 12. He wanted to move his slot up because he had to be at the next show. That is, from my understanding, what happens. Logically, that makes the most sense to me. Could it have been some rock star diva type nonsense where, hey, I just want to play at 10.30 or whatever, or 10 o'clock? Maybe. Um, is Glenn entitled to that? I mean, again, Glenn's the headliner of the show. There are 11 bands. As JW said, the promoter or whoever has irresponsibly overbooked the show, whether it was because of pay-to-play to subsidize Danzig's guarantee, whatever the situation may be, the, the show is overbooked and people are going to get cut. And if the headliner, who the whole show is predicated on, makes a, ch a change, whether they're shifting their weight as a, as, a, as a name or not, is really inconsequential for, as you said, the show being run so poorly that the shrapnel is going to be felt by the opening bands no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so there's that. Now moving on, here, here are actual comments, again, how do we know that they're actual comments? We don't. I have no way, again, so this still technically counts as conjecture, but it's eyewitness conjecture. People are in the comments, watching these videos, and then talking about their experiences, 
saying that they were there. I don't know about you, JW, but when I'm watching YouTube video of a show where I was at, I sometimes comment without some fact or detail saying I was there, blah, blah, blah. I have no reason not to believe that these people were not there, but it would be irresponsible in our, in our unbiased. I have, I have reason to believe that they were not there in many cases, or I, okay. should, I should say that I believe that uh, it's certainly not out of the box to speculate that they, or to, uh, Ooh, you the know, YouTube com commentary because, because it's YouTube. Okay. It's possible. This, we have to weigh these things. About this we have to every, weigh these things. Everybody wants to be part of the story. No. Okay. Have you ever met someone that was at the show? Like I haven't. It was like the most talked about fucking show, but I've never actually heard from someone. I'll tell you what, JW, I'll tell you what, let's read them and you decide. I'll let you be the judge. I've already decided how I feel. Let's right. see. Yeah, I want to. See. You can make your own. You can come to your own opinion and dis and agree or disagree whether you think it was. I'll true say whether it's sincere or insincere. Bullshit. Okay, I like that. That's good. That's good. That's great. That's great. Ready? Let's begin with the first one. Um, sorry. Okay, this is from Mort Mortikai Gray five months ago. I love these videos, but I worked this show, and there's a lot of bad information in this leading up to the event. This was Slayer's concert. They canceled. Glenn was playing at the Marquee the day prior in Tempe, so the festival basically begged him to come and fill the spot so they wouldn't have a riot on their hands. Mm -hmm. Glenn mm -hmm. was nice enough to do it, needed an earlier set so that he could leave on time to continue his tour, played, left, and the local crew started taking apart the stage because they were not going to risk noise curfew for some local bands that no one came to see. Glenn had mm -hmm. nothing to do with it. The promoter was in control, but most local bands just aren't smart enough to know how the business works, which is why they've gone nowhere. What are your thoughts? That sounds to me like a 100% sincere and an accurate report. And the reason why is because it, it basically corroborates all the shit that I've said, which is normal knowledge and normal experience from this type of shit. Okay. No one cares about the opening bands. No, you know, uh, how, how, how these things go down and, and the shit show that they were. Um, so that's all consistent with that. Um, Anyway, I I saw the video freezing there. I don't know if the audio was jacked up. No, no, no you're good. You're good. Okay, okay, you're cool. okay. Um, anyway, uh, sorry, I lost my track. But I was going to say that to me sounds very consistent. And also, when you talk about, um, you know, was this Glenn's show originally or was this Slayer's show originally? I think that actually lends a lot of weight to the theory that it was Slayer's show originally. Because, like I said, I'm a Danzig guy. I talk Danzig fucking 24 hours a day with other Danzig nerds. Never met anyone that went to that show. It would make sense that it was a last-minute substitution to create the freaking pissed-off fans versus if this is something that was actually promoted beforehand as a wow. dance. So that totally explains why I've never found anyone that went to it. They found out that if they were lucky enough to you know, know the guys from the venue or know another band, hey, by the way, Slayer couldn't make it. Danzig's going to going to be there. Oh, okay, cool. You know, we're in Tempe anyway. We'll drive another however many hours from Tempe to, right. to, uh, to, to that place. But, and, and, and here's the other thing too, uh, going back to what a pile of shit Northside Kings are. 
They said they, they drove six hours to do this. Okay, if this is your big break, this is your big shining moment you want to do, you get up at fucking zero o'clock in the morning and load that fucking van and van and head out. You don't go, Hey, we have a show time at uh, seven o'clock. Let's hit <laughs> the road about two and uh, grab Chick-fil-A on the way. Fuck you. You need to fucking get your shit together. You should have gone out the day before, got a fucking shitty ass hotel on the outskirts of the reservation, got your shit, been ready for fucking load in at the time that, at the time that shit was supposed to be on the fucking dot. Then you could actually have an argument and go, okay, look, you know, we have this stuff. Look, I'm not, I don't give a fuck about their argument, but at least it would have made some sense. And you couldn't just say, oh, they fucking got late. You know, as far as I'm concerned, if that's your big break, if that's what your defining moment is, and you're so excited to open for Slayer and or Danzig, you better fucking act like you give a shit. Get there, not on time, five hours before time, because shit changes. And right. bullshit, this is bullshit. For them to think that sh- that the changes are to be to accommodate them. You are a fucking accessory. You're an enabler. Everything about opening bands is to support and prop up the star, not you. Okay? So that's how it fucking works. Um, Rue Morg, uh, one of our one of my uh moderators from the group as well as uh, uh, a listener, a dedicated listener to the show. I think I, think, I, think, I, think I know him. Yeah, yeah he, I think he was in, he's in Keep on Dancing. He, um, he, he said he heard the same story and I trust what, Ru, I trust Rue uh, uh, very much. So I think, yeah, I, I really, I, I'm glad. It makes me feel better knowing that. Um, so where's the site you were showing that stuff from? So what I did was I took screenshots from YouTube and then I put them in order so that we can, I created a, a presentation for us. I, I really spent a lot of time on the show, you guys. Like when you guys think I just <laughs> take around, I'm, I'm really putting in the hours, you know what I'm saying? Um, so that that's that's the first one. Okay, ready for the second one? Thanks, Ruth. This, I just saw his comment. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, this one is more of a general tech question that I think our, our panelists who will come on later can corroborate some of this stuff for us. Um, this is from Hippa to the Hoppa. Hippa to the Hoppa. Hippa to the Hoppa to the Hippa to the Hoppa. Uh, two. Uh, he posted this six months ago. Anyone who has ever been in a band can tell you that soundcheck is a nightmare when they book multiple bands. They book a shitload of bands because these opening bands make the money to pay the headliner. So the headliner makes his money. The club makes money off of the bar. And every opening band just gets to say, I played with Danzig or whatever band. It's mm-hmm. almost like a bad Ponzi scheme. That's pay to play. Anyways, uh, the club the club doesn't care what any of the opening bands sound like. They just want their money and people. So most of the time, they don't even let them have a sound check. I remember once buying a new wireless mic because I was sick of using the clubs. And the sound guy said, we already have five other bands using the outputs all up. So sorry, you have to use the regular mics today. Bringing my own mic became such a hassle that I just stopped bringing it. They basically sound checked the main band, and then after that, there isn't any time for any other band to get sound checked. Even the co headliners just settle with the sound the club provides. A lot of time, co headliners aren't even getting paid, they're actually paying to be on the tour for the exposure to seem like they are more famous than they are. There so, usually, go. the club has its own sound guy for every band, but when but when a mainstream tour comes in, 
They have their own sound guy for their own shit. It's really just a huge, complicated effing mess, especially if the venue isn't a stadium. Hearing this guy's story is one thing. You hear the story and you say, what a clusterfuck. But actually going through it yourself and experiencing it in person, it's hard to even describe, even though I detailed it out. And the headliners or main band have no effing clue what goes on with sound checks or time or whatever. They just know to go out and perform and get back in their bus or taxi to the hotel and get effed up and fuck chicks. So they have almost no concept nor care about any of the other bands. So unfortunately, Danzig, as much as I like him, him getting knocked out was kind of a hooray moment for anyone who's been in a band but to deal with that shit, lol. I even remember one show I went to all my friends who were performing at but didn't do it because I just I had just did a different show. So I was at a soundtrack, blah, 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 and everyone turned their tickets. Okay. Oh, actually, this is important. Um I went to all my friends. I went to all my friends were performing to a show that all my friends were performing at, but I didn't do it because I had just did a different show. So I was at Soundcheck with them, and after everyone turned in their ticket sales and got their percentage from it, the club and the headliner goes, "Okay, no one can perform because the headliner wants their new band to show to showcase with them." But you can. Wow, this is really not written well. But you. <laughs> And keep the money you earn. So it's like, yeah, okay, cool. We get the money for not performing. But everyone who bought tickets to see them are going to be fucking pissed. It's such a shady business. And just to uh, tack on to that comment real quick um, about in regards to to everything that this guy is saying, uh, again, no matter whether he's happy or sad about Danzig getting punched or not getting punched, I think that what he is saying, he's speaking from personal experience, POV, having done pay-to-play sort of stuff. What yeah. do you think, JW? I think it's very consistent. I mean, this guy is talking about uh, what we, being in or around the industry, already know. You know, that, uh, like I said, those, those uh, typically when you have all these damn opening bands, that often is a pay-to-play situation. Right. And, um, so, you know... Nobody fucking cares, you know, typically where they either, yeah, they, 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 they pay a, a slot fee to get on the bill or, you know, they pay whatever few hundred bucks and then they get a handful of tickets that they either give out or sell to their, to their homies. But, but no, like never does it, is it actually, yeah, sure. You know, they, they might have a handful of friends that they convince to go to the, to the show, but, um, they're not the draw. Nobody fucking cares. And and yet, I understand the frustration of being one of those, you know, theoretically hardworking bands who are who are just trying to hustle and get get their get their chance. But um, yeah, again, you're an accessory. You know, right? Obviously, you have to pay to be that accessory. But you're not the show. No one fucking cares about you. <laughs> if anything, I, if if there's anything I would say about all this sort of stuff. I would say the following. I would say be the, and again, this is a non-musician's, this is a music goer's perspective, not a musician's perspective. Be the band with the tightest fucking set, play 20 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. Smoke the motherfucking stage and bounce. That's yes. it. And then just hang out. Hang out yeah. in the crowd. Let people come up to me. Like, Dude, I love your set. I'm okay. the... Um... I've, I've, I've already given full disclosure. I'm the guy that hates opening bands, but let me give you an example. 
of an opening band that did it right. Okay, I went to see Ministry in like 2008 or something down in San Diego at the House of Blues. And the one of the opening bands was this band called the Hemlock. Didn't give a fuck about them. Still don't give a fuck about them. But they earned my respect big time because this guy, Chad, who was also the lead singer, he's, yeah. he's in the merch. He was in the crowd. He's like, hey, you know, I'm about Chad. Hey, so glad you came out. Hey, uh, check out my check out my band. We're going to be opening. And then as soon as as soon as they finish their set, boom, he was off. He went straight to the merch booth. He's he's hustling. He's like, hey, you want a demo CD? You want this? You want that? That's grinding. I'm like, look, you know what, man? I'm like, they weren't really, you know, super my thing. But I wanted that guy to succeed because of his work ethic and because of his attitude. He wasn't there thinking like, oh, ministry owed him something or anyone owed him something. He had a shot. He freaking hustled. He busted ass. And like, you know, to this day, like I couldn't name you one song or album by them. I, like I said, they're they're bad. But if anyone talks shit about them, I'm freaking up front and center. I'm like, hey, man, those guys are fucking solid dudes. They fucking work. They, 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 they right. get, you know. And right. so, like, yeah, like you said, you know, get in there, do the work, do your shit. So, and, and I would say too, you know, this whole thing about trying to like coattail onto some other band and like do that, like that's kind of weak anyway. Okay. If you get the opportunity, great. You know, if they, if they offer you a slot, great. But this whole, like trying to buy your way onto some cred, it's just kind of weak. As far as I'm concerned, build up your fan base, play the fucking find yourself by who you're opening for. Okay. You know, know your fucking place. Okay. You aren't ready to have a bill with Danzig. If, if you, you know, if you were, people would know who you were. People, people would already know your name. There'd be a reason for people to actually arrive two to eight hours early, you know, but, but, but you're not, you're, what was the other band rapid fire? You know, yeah. <laughs> you, I guarantee you the other 12 bands on that, on that bill were just as forgettable. Well, I, you know, now I remember what I wanted to say before and I forgot, this is what I wanted to say. Danzig, here's the other thing about Danzig that this really must have been a strange situation because everything that we know about Danzig as a band, Danzig is such a championer of supporting bands. Holy crap. Think about all of the people that, all the bands that opened for Danzig in the 90s. Every big band that would yeah. come out of the 90s, they all opened for Danzig. That you know what I'm saying? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Soundgarden, White Zombie, White Horn. Zombie, Horn, uh, you know, all those bands. And you want to know what's funny? Uh, Glenn put together Blackest of the Black. Why? Because he wanted to highlight bands. He wanted to use his brand yeah. to highlight bands that he felt, whether they're listenable or not. I'm not really into yeah, that, God stuff, but you know, but yeah. like he wants to bring that stuff. And all of you want to know where all that stuff comes from? It comes from what he dealt with when he was in the Misfits. It True. comes from going on tour with the damned in England and being treated uh, quite poorly and walking exactly. off the tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Danzig is, and I have heard so many stories uh, just recently, the, the girl, the girls from the butcher babies, they're a band that opened for Danzig. Mm, in yeah. 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 They, yeah. yeah. And you want to know something? He like, Danzig was so hospitable. I hear these stories about how hospitable Danzig is and, hey, do you want our our, our, our waters or whatever? Sure. We're done with them. You know, just like, here, take our, our craft stuff. We didn't touch it. You know, just, just trying to 
um, really uh, help out bands. So that's why this whole idea of Danzig, like trying to um, steamroll over opening small opening bands, it doesn't really fit in with what kind of person he is. Is he capable of doing something like that? Absolutely. Not saying that yeah, he's and, not. And, and, and again, that 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 probably lends a lot of um, weight to the theory that, uh, or maybe it's a fact that it was originally Slayer's gig because generally the openers are people that Danzig has already vetted. It right. might, might be shit that I don't give a fuck about, but it's at right. least something that Danzig cares about. And, you know, Precisely. Wants people to see or wants the chance to see. So, right. So, uh, so that's another thing. There's no emotional investment in this. Um, let's, uh, let's go to the next. So here's the next comment. We got a couple more of these guys. So this is from Emery Whitehair. One, this was mo one month ago. This is Emery Whitehair who wrote this. I was there that night. I was screwed, brewed, and saw the feud. <laughs> I was screwed, brewed, and I saw the feud. Uh, it happened a few feet from where I was standing. I still have my concert entry ticket from that night. The crowd loved Danzig that night. Every time he got off the stage, the crowd demanded that he got his ass back up on stage there and they wanted more of him. I was there real quick. Can I just say, if you're watching and enjoying this content, if you're new to this channel, please take a moment to like this video, leave a comment or subscribe. Uh, this is a great way to support the channel. Does it, does it show how many people are actually watching like right now? We, yes, right now we have 17 people watching and we oh, had really? upwards. Uh, yeah. We had upwards of 25 at one point, which is pretty good <laughs> for the super bowl. I think, I don't know. Yeah. That's I just think, me. Yeah. What, not what, bad. Um, so, so then the podcast, which is what this the podcast is, this comment we watched this episode with this guy who did sound for another band. He's one of the guys who's who's talked about this. So these comments were in the comments of this podcast thing, and those guys were whatever. Those guys were whack to begin with, but uh, the podcast guy goes, "Whoa, that is badass! I had only ever heard of a few people that can claim they actually saw the hit." Were you aware of the backstory about the bands getting screwed over what you uh, or over when you saw it? Uh, and then Emery replies, um, "I don't think it was Danzig's fault. In my opinion, it was about the stage time. The crowd loved Danzig. We demanded more that night. A lot of the fans were very surprised he even showed up out of the blue in our nowhere town." I even heard the loud smack across the face when he got punched. Yeah, I even saw him being dragged away through the hallway. It was a gymnasium at a school called Grateful High, home of the Knights. Come to think of it, come to think of it, I should laminate the ticket, considering the fact it's part of metal history. I'm gonna sell it on eBay. So, so this corroborates what you're kind of saying, though. I mean. And what the other comment, the other it, unrelated it, it, comment. And also this whole, like, her comments about the last minute. Like, I, I, think, yeah. I think we can probably just put the last minute substitution for Slayer. I think we can probably just throw that in the fact pile. Yeah, yeah I'm put, let's do it. It's going in the fact pile. Of our I so. and, I, and I would say, you know, why, are, why is everybody giving Glenn shit? He saved the fucking show. Right. And like I said, she's. She lives either in Tuba City or out somewhere near Tuba City. Right. She says it's a nowhere town. So. Nowhere town. It's absolutely accurate. Who else yeah. is going to get to show up in a freaking moment's notice and right. see their shitty show? Right. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Our next comment is from, I can't pronounce this. This is 
uh, Apigar says, this was nine months ago. This is from APG, whatever. doesn't matter his name. He goes, this guy says, I was there. Ready? My band, this was the name of his band, Creepitus. Also Open. huge on the scene. Huge. 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 Everyone <laughs> loves Creepitus. Everybody knows Creep. Hey, you get that latest Creepitus EP, man? It's so, <laughs> so killer. The star is setting the stage on fire. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, my band Creepitus opened that day and later watched Danzig get smashed. This guy in the video speaks the truth exactly as how I remember it. One thing not mentioned, it was hot as fuck outside where everybody with a ticket had to wait to get in. Like 110 degrees hot with no, with no water or facilities outside the gates. During Starboy's Star lengthy oh, sound check, uh, they're calling Danzig uh, Starboy in this. Uh, during oh, Starboy, yeah, that was another shitty band. Yeah. <laughs> during Starboy's lengthy sound check, we and a few other bands went out to the gates to toss out some bottles of water. And you want to know what's, oh, come on. Every show, Danzig is throwing water into the crowd. Shut up. He always throws water into the crowd. It's just such. Like this, this is ridiculous. I mean, whatever. Like, yeah. made a lot of friends that day. Tupa City rocks like a motherfucker. <clears throat> a couple of guys took our sheep's head stage props home for dinner. We smoked. Wait, a couple of guys. Okay, so they put sheep's heads yeah, sheep's on the head. stage. Uh, very original. Creepitus put some sheep's heads on the stage and they took them home for dinner. Um, we smoked a ton of pot, hung out with Tommy Prong. Yeah, these guys in the podcast call him Tommy Prong. It's really funny. Um, so, so is this because because yeah, the uh, I I can't remember his name. He had a funny nickname that like remember. Tommy Prong. No, 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 no. I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about Tommy Prong. The the guy the, the guy from the video. The uh, he looked like Kenneth Keith Callenback from the uh, from the old Howard Stern show. The the long haired hippie dude. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. But he, is, is this the same guy, or is or is this a different? I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was he, just called him, he called him Tommy Prong too, and it's funny because you get a lot of shit like this when things like this go down. Everybody tries to kind of ride on the last guy's comment or story. So you get a guy that one guy refers to him as Tommy Prong, doesn't know shit about the band. Right. He's, we're we're talking about Tommy Victor, obviously. I think yeah. People tuned in probably know from prong he's from prong. Uh, yeah. tommy prong <laughs> hey tommy prong what's going hey, on hey, hey. Got a duel. yeah <laughs> so um, that's kind of funny that uh anyway it looks like you still got a little bit on there Spoke to Prong, hung out with tommy prong got called back for an encore sure you did creep this <laughs> the very sure. thought of it still makes my dick rock hard that would probably do agree. <laughs> right. And now I have stories for days, even if I don't play out so much. I'm a part of history, the history of drunks. Okay, creepy this guy. So You're- is creepy this guy full of shit? Or what what is shit and what is what is real? You know, I can't even remember what he's fucking talking about. I think, I think, I think it's, he says that, that, um, he's totally full of shit. I think his, I think his perspective is full of shit. I think this whole, like laying it on Danzig is garbage. You know, they're saying, Oh, Danzig took too long for the fucking sound. Right. Not Danzig's problem. He's the only, like you said, he's the only one who sound check is, 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 is important. Well, but the sound check went, but here's the thing though. The sound check is going long because there's something wrong. And as we know, being Danzig fans, 
We know how temperamental Danzig is with his monitors. He hates these, dick, these dickheads probably thought they had a sound check at XYZ time. But here's what we know, too. We know that they were originally supposed to have two two stages and they had one. So right. you vote, you already overbooked freaking 14, 14 bands who were going to originally cycle through through two stages. Now you got the same number of crabby bands cycling through one stage doing sound check. Of course it's going to run late. How are you going to blame the headliner? That's not the headliner's fault at all. Danzig was a hero, not a fucking villain. And so right. this, whole, this whole shit, is, it, I think, you know, I, I don't think there's any major glaring thing. He When he says he smoked pot with Tommy Prong, he was probably smoking a joint and Tommy walked by and like nodded well, at I, he doesn't say that he smoked pot with Tommy Prong. He says we smoked a ton of pot. And this is like the thing too. Like he's trying to make a story sound more interesting. It's the right. same people on Facebook. Oh my God, I'm friends with Tommy Prong. Yeah, your Facebook friends. You sent him a you, you sent him a, a, a message once that said, you know, is is cleansing still available on CD? And oh my God, he replied to me and told me I could buy it on Amazon. Like, no, that doesn't make you guys fucking homies. It doesn't mean you hung out. And even if you did, it doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? So there you go. All right, I'm moving on to the next hate, one. I used to hate Tommy Prong, but I I I grew to I grew to love him. I actually, you know, I actually don't have a problem with Tommy Tommy Prong either. I like Tommy Prong a lot. I think he, I like the way that the band works now for Glenn. Do I love the original lineup? Of course, we all love the of original course. lineup. Yeah, like, golden. You, you know, I, I'm happy that there is a functioning lineup with Danzig. He's not doesn't have again. What was the problem that plagued the Misfits? I was just talking about this on one of the YouTube comments on one of my other videos. They were always plagued by losing members, guitar players and drummers. That was always the Misfits problem. They just kept losing them. So to have a band, a stable band lineup with no drama yeah. is a very, you know, desirable trait. Uh, hold on. Eric <laughs> says, Eric I says, uh, I got mutual friends with Northside Kings Danny. They love bragging on his behalf about having knocked out Danzig. It's pretty sad. I want to additionally say this is how weird Facebook and Facebook algorithms are. I started typing. I was started sharing in private groups about how I wanted to do this video. And do you know who popped up on my suggested friends list? Northside Kings Danny. Macaroni. Danny Macaroni popped up on my friends list. And I thought it was hilarious. And yes, if you go on his wall, he is still selling Danzig Bullwinkle skull shirts with like a big Band-Aid over the nose. Like, I knocked out Danzig. Like, just still still doing it. Still doing it. Um, let's move on to the next comment. So, okay. So this is from Drucifer666. And this is from one year ago. Another guy, Drew says... I actually played the show in the band F-U-M-E, Fume. Now, J.W., while I'm reading this, I want you to think what Fume stands for, F-U-M-E. Um, and the roster was made up of 14 bands. Also, there were two or three other bands that were supposed to be on the bill as well. So maybe Drew is getting his numbers wrong because if he is not getting his numbers wrong, that's upwards of 17 bands, not 11 <laughs> bands. Not 14 bands, but 17 bands. Again, we're not saying that that's a correct number. This is just what this guy says. He says, we played that show as well as several other bands. There's Crepitus. Crepitus is, is mentioned. And Broken uh, Cuffs. 
bro. Oh yeah, can't forget broken cuffs and others before they fucked it up. There were before they fucked it up. Who is they? Um, there were several bands like oh yeah, Children of Tragedy. Nice. Um, yeah, Children of Tragedy that unfortunately did not get to play. Uh, all the band. Okay, this is interesting. And what do you? Here's um, let me ask you this, JW. All the bands got 15 minutes, including setup and teardown time. It was fucking bullshit. Do, do you think this guy was there? Do you think that's 15 minutes setup and breakdown time is real? No, no, I don't because that's that's complete garbage. Because if if they were alternating stages, I could see I could see that theoretically being a being a, a possibility. But this whole dealing with the bullshit of setup to do a 15 minute set, no, they would have they would have uh, probably just axed it down to you know a minimal number of opening bands but i could say that perhaps you know it, i mean given that there's 14 to 15 shitty opening bands you know perhaps if it was a matter of pay to play and the promoter slash manager slash organizer you know doesn't want to uh do any refunds or out of pockets or deal with any any bullshit of these guys coming back for recourse i could see where he's just like all right well we got we got only five hours. Okay, let's just give them all fifteen minutes, fifteen minute slots, including setup. But um, but again, it's like everything up to Danzig. No one, no one knows what happens because nobody cares. I'm sorry, Crypidus. I'm sorry, Fume. Which probably, I'm, okay, you wanted me to guess what Fume stands for. Okay, <laughs> just knowing the bullshit, fucking bro, dog, dipshit that uh, yeah, fucking Fume, bro. Like it probably stands for something really fucking retarded, like fuck you motherfuckers every day. (laughs) (laughs) Because check this out, like, you know, I'm not going to judge people on appearance, but I fucking will. (laughs) So do you got Danny Macaroni sitting there in his fucking... (laughs) I love that we call him Danny Macaroni. (laughs) Danny Macaroni, okay? He's there in his fucking wife, Peter, this black tank top. He looks like every drunken shithead that came out of a trailer on fucking cops because he's, you know, been pushing around his old woman and stuff. So, you know, I do it. Do I do I do I put a whole lot of credence in these fucking wannabe tough guys? No, it's just fucking bullshit. It's fucking fronting this guy with the FUME band. Nobody fucking cares about any of these dickheads. They they are they are dreamers. They 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 want to talk about this event because it's something that people can remember. They 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 know the Danzig thing. And now, assuming this guy was in Crepitus or FUME or children of tragedy, you know, then they can talk about this thing because they're hoping, they're hoping that these, these pieces of legend get passed on and they can see their name in print. But these guys are no different than when we were fucking dumbass 15 year olds. We'd make a logo on our peachy folder. We'd carve it into a desk and we'd talk about getting our big breaks. That's them. You know, God knows how old these are, but if you're over, if you're over the age of fourteen, you're too old for that shit. You should, you should just suck it up and move the fuck on. Nobody wants you around. Nobody fucking cares. Your pay-to-play bullshit is just an inconvenience for the rest of us that actually came to see a real band, whether it's Slayer or Danzig. And check this out. Got how fucking cool is it that Danzig was a substitute, and the people that actually went there, the people, uh, ticket buyers, actual attendants. They say Danzig kicked ass, okay? I'm not happy when I have to see a band that I didn't pay to see. 
I'm saying that on behalf of Slayer fans, you know, like maybe uh, I'm sure a lot of there's, I'm sure there's a lot of crossover, but not all of them, you know, and, and whether, whether it's even a band you like or not, you're not happy about getting a different band, but if you get that different band and they kick so much ass that you leave going, fuck yeah, that was awesome. That's a serious win. So again, Danzig saved the day. These guys are just crying because, you know, they they had impossible pipe dreams that they thought were going to come true and wouldn't have even come true in the best of situations. So they can just get back in line and shut the fuck up. Real quick, I'm going to interject here. Two things. First, I want uh, Russell, uh, Ru- Rusty Murdergram says, of the Danzig sound checks I've observed, and I'm sure that he has uh, for sure, um, uh, the band checks, and I think Zing actually roughed Roughed in Glenn's mic and monitors, meaning that he does a rough zing, does a rough thing, zing does sound, and then Glenn comes out and fine tunes it pretty quickly. And I would say that uh, Russell is a a a great uh, authority, or is a good, pretty good authority on that. He would know. And um, what, so what we're going to do now, real quick, while I have everybody, uh, I just wanted to tell. I sort of talked about this previously. We're going to take a moment to talk about a new uh, T-shirt design that I have in my shop. Uh, if you are interested to hear real quick, I've been wanting to do this Arthur Googie inspired t-shirt design for some time. So this is it right here. Nice. You can't have another cheeseburger, baby. You can get that in my shop. Um, all of the all of the money that is generated from the sales of these t-shirts goes towards, uh, uh, facilitates the creation of my documentary. So please take a moment, support if you like, and check out this shirt. You can get them in a bunch of different colors. We got hoodies. We got zip-up hoodies. Look, it's even on the back. Listen, you could be the coolest Misfits nerd at the show with the coolest in-reference that nobody knows. Everyone's like, oh, this guy knows. Oh, you know what I mean? Be all the all, be, the, be the cool Misfits nerd that every – female misfits nerd if they exist uh well, <laughs> that's not true that was wrong um be, be the uh be the be the cool guy that uh talks to everybody in the room because of how awesome their shirt is you can't have another cheeseburger so check it out i'm gonna put the link in the comments now okay that's it uh sponsor sponsor message is over Back to our regularly scheduled. Oh, don't want to look at that yet. <laughs> I'll, say really, I'll say really quick about uh, you know the the last the last comment was about Steve Zing. Yeah, uh, just coming in and uh, how how Steve would uh, facilitate a lot of the sound stuff on that. Danzig's bands are fucking his his bandmates are absolute fucking workhorses. They run a tight ship. They they not have a lot of fucking fat that should be trimmed like a lot of other bands. Okay, I went to it with the show in in Pomona in like 2015, and guess who's guess who's wearing a fucking security shirt and walking the line, telling people, "Hey, no cameras during the show." It's Steve fucking Zing. Okay, okay, like these yeah. guys, are, they're, they're not they they use the word rock star, and they and they should because they're the stars. They're the ones that we want to see. But it's not, you know, I know they want to say like, "Oh, they have this fucking rock star attitude," like. They've always run a tight ship, and and uh, Steve Zing, I always see him before the shows or sometimes after the shows. That guy is fucking cool as hell, and uh, you know, I oh yeah, you know, love you, Steve. 
they work their fucking ass off. So this whole like, you know, if anyone's out there trying to paint these guys as divas or something, you don't know what you don't know what it's about, you know, so fuck off. I, I just want to take a moment and apologize to my female listeners uh, for my my ignorant and silly comment. That's all I will say about that. Moving on. We're moving on now. We are moving on to our next comment. I, I admit when I'm wrong or, or say something stupid, which I do from time to time. OK, moving on anyway. Uh, Waffen Collider, uh, where was management, the promoters? If I heard the story right, there were 11 bands who didn't get to play. Either way, this was a mess of a planned event. Also, people or bands didn't get paid either, and they didn't have to drive their DIY, uh, drive their DIY on their own dime. I would be pissed too, but Danzig just performs. He doesn't manage the night and the local ordinance. Uh, there's a little more to it, I'm sure. Uh, though I think Danzig could have handled it better, especially Danny as well. Old history, nonetheless. Keep on keeping on. I I think this was a month ago. I think that is uh, a really uh, great sort of comment. That makes sense to me. Thoughts? Okay. <laughs> hey, good, good. No, no, that's good. Moving on. Moving on. Move on, man. Move comments. on. I think he's saying the Moving same thing as people do. I know. This is really, this is, hold on. Uh, we just want to say, uh, Russell says, point being, Glenn didn't seem to have any interest in being a diva at Soundcheck, meaning that, meaning that Glenn was pretty relaxed because he had Steve Zing, a guy that he's known for years and years and years. If anybody knows what Danzig likes, it's going to be uh, Steve Zing. And Steve Steve gets puts that stuff on lock. So there must have been something really, really wrong. Oh, wait a minute. This, uh, Russell, this was before Steve was in the band. This was 2004. We didn't think about that. So Steve wasn't even there. But oh, but meaning that he might have been doing sound check though. When yeah, but no, but when Steve was in the band, Steve started running sound oh, yeah, 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 in yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Russell, great, great points. Great points. Thank you. Uh that's funny. I forgot about the cheeseburger thing. I'm so glad you're not mad. That's good. Okay, anyway, moving on. Next, next comment. Let's get through these comments. All right. Damn mean. He said this six years ago. Anyone can get knocked out. So this is talking about the punch. Anyone can get knocked out. I think it was a case where Danzig never thought the dude would actually, and this is my theory. Here, I'm going to pause real quick because this is the good time to introduce my theory as I was reading through this stuff. Number one, I don't know much about UFC. One of the things that I love about Joe Rogan is I like, I love hearing Joe Rogan talking about fighting. I don't know anything about fighting, but I can listen to Joe Rogan talk about it because he breaks it down in very interesting logistics that I can pseudo understand. And he makes it very digestible for someone like me. And one thing that I've learned from watching Joe Rogan discuss and learning more about UFC through Joe Rogan is that when you get like, if there's sweet spots on the face, if you get hit at that right sweet spot, you will either get knocked out. You will buckle. You will momentarily get thrown off your feet. There are so many things that can happen. And that's what I think this guy is touching on with his comments, uh, which also leads me to say this, and this is my theory that I presented to JW when we were testing out the equipment earlier. I said this to JW, this is my theory. I'm going to just say it right now since we're here. Theory. Danny was 100% prepared for a physical confrontation 
based on some other things that were said via podcast that I had listened to from someone who was friends with Danny. Danny was ready to fight Glenn in some way, shape, or form. Glenn absolutely did not think that this confrontation was going to get physical beyond him pushing the guy. So my theory is Danny was prepared for a physical fight. Glenn was not. Before the show even happened, Danny was exclaiming how he was going to knock out Danzig by the end of the night. This was said by the sound man, and this is on YouTube. This is on a YouTube podcast. This is said by a sound man who was there, who was friends with Danny. The sound man claims that he was trying to uh, calm Danny down, telling Danny, don't go over to Danzig, don't do anything. And the next thing you know, this happens. So here's where, and I guess this is also the perfect moment to talk about. We, I said we were going to dance around the uh, the punch, but now we're gonna we're at the center, we're at the sun for a moment. So let's talk it's about nice. it. <clears throat> here's the thing. Again, uh, irrefutable. Danzig got punched in the face, and Danzig fell. It happened, one hundred percent. A bunch of things to consider going into this Joe Rogan sort of tangent thing. One weight class, Danny might have had a uh, hundred pounds on Danzig. What's not to say that he could literally not have had a hundred pounds? That's number one. In a foot number or two, two. right? Number two, I th- da- he definitely is taller than Danzig, although I don't know how much taller, which means that he has more of a reach. That's number two. Number three, Danny is younger than Danzig. Glenn is 50 years old when this happens. This is not to excuse Danzig or to excuse anything. This is just to understand further context of everything that went down. Because this guy parades around going, I knocked Glenn Danzig out cold and made him bleed from the nose and it was in shock. All those things need to be taken into account. So Dan, why is Danzig, and this, this is what leads me to this, why is Danzig pushing Danny? For a bunch of reasons, some of which we've already discussed, he's possibly mad about how the show went. He's prob- probably pissed about the sound check incident earlier. He's he's trying to sign autographs and meet fans, and this guy is getting in his face. Here's the biggest reason of all, in my opinion. And again, pure conjecture, people. I always like to say state this when I start talking. I don't actually know. I don't actually know. Um. I think Glenn pushed the guy because A, the guy is coming to him and saying stuff to him that he doesn't like to hear, but B, there are people watching. Right or wrong, Danzig is in a position where he's got to push the guy. I'm going to take a saying, real fast. And go then, ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Keep keep talking. All right, I'm riffing. I'm yeah. riffing. Keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing. So while, while – um, while uh, um, JW is away, I can see when he comes back, I'll bring him back down. So, so Danzig is surrounded by people. He's in a face-to-face confrontation. Here's another thing that we may or may not know. Did what, how aware, and Danzig would later claim in that, in that thing that he would say, because he says, I let him hit me because there was a camera watching and I had to fall down. How aware was Danzig of this camera? I don't think... Danzig necessarily knew to take a fall and fall down because he didn't want to get sued or get into a thing. Why would he push the guy in the first place? I think Danzig potentially, and again, pure conjecture, potentially Danzig saw a camera or saw the crowd or saw a combination of camera and crowd and 
push the guy because it was the only way to like, you know, it was the only way he had to make a spectacle. He had to do, he had to do his dancing thing, you know, and that's what he was doing. He was trying to be, hold on, JW's back. Uh, he was trying to do his, he was trying to push, do the Dan, the Danzig macho, you know, whatever. I'm friggin' Danzig sort of thing. He pushed the guy. He never expected that guy to swing at him. And maybe, again, I don't know where his security was at the time, but maybe he might have even been expecting security to break things up. Now, there are other examples in the past and the present and the future where Glenn has gotten into it with people. There are a bunch of misfit shows where he's swung at people. People have piled on him. He's dived at the last Sam Hain show. He dives into the crowd like, like the Dark Knight Returns and punches that dude right in the audience. I mean, Glenn is not unfamiliar to scrapping. He tried to, he sharpened a, a he sharpened a glass against concrete to hold off skinheads in, in England and got thrown in jail. I mean, this guy is not afraid of a fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, later on at Bonnaroo in 2012, someone was taking pictures. Glenn tried to run off the stage and there was a guy holding him back. Now, here's the thing. I'm sure that if the guy wasn't holding him back, would Danzig have gone further? Would Danzig have tried to push the guy or punch the guy? Maybe, maybe not. Was Danzig relying on that guy being there so the skirmish didn't have to go further? Possibly. Would Had there been a guy there backstage with the Northside Kings dude, do you think that – is it possible that this maybe might have been what Glenn was banking on and it there was no buffer and therefore it turned into what it turned into? All, again, conjecture, none of us know, we'll never know. The one thing that I feel pretty confident about is A, Danny wanted to, was ready to punch Glenn, and B, Glenn thought he could shove this dude and didn't think anything was going to happen of it. To totally agreed. Um, and uh, yeah, the accounts from the guys that were friends of Danny's and there and stuff basically said that Danny the whole time was saying he was going to punch the guy out and this and that. Obviously, you have the field advantage when you can catch a guy off guard. And if you've been the whole day, like, you know, just kind of calculating this, I think, you know, in, in that sense, Danny really lucked out that Glenn gave him the opportunity to uh, swing at him. Glenn was absolutely not expecting that, uh, that, that, that swing to come back at him. Not at all. You know, uh, Glenn was being Glenn. He, 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 he shouldn't have had to. He shouldn't have had to deal with that shit. Right, uh, right. Where was the security? Where was the buffer? Where, there were so many things that should have been in place, but yet here is Glenn having to deal with post show, probably gassed, yes. meaning yes. you know, which is a boxing term when you're gassed when yes, you're tired. Yeah, yeah. And and having to deal with this guy. And so what does he do? He does the last thing that this guy is probably expecting. He shoves him. And he yeah. does it in front of a lot of people, as you know, in the video. Let's read what Dan Meme says. Anyone can get knocked out. I think this was the case where Danzig never thought the dude would actually throw a punch at him because he is Danzig and can get away with pushing someone. He found out the hard way. If he would have not been on his high horse and expected it, uh, expected it to be a fight, then we would have seen a different outcome. Not saying that he would have won but it would have been different for sure. I don't even know if he was seriously knocked out 
were just knocked down because we couldn't see after the shot, which leads me to the most important thing of all. We only see one minute and three seconds of what happens. By the way, I see there's a lot of comments, guys. We're going to get to those comments. I'm so sorry. We're just uh, we're just knee deep in this right now. We only we never see what happens right after. The only thing we do see is that when the camera comes back up, D- uh, Danny Macaroni is gone. Someone shouts, "Northside Kings are undefeated." We can see that Glenn has not fallen flat on his face. He's actually kind of stumbled and he's sort of on his feet a little bit. And that and and that girl yells, "Fuck you, you cunt!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a whole. Uh, it, that that's basically what we get. Let's move on to the next the next comment real quick. This is Ruster Plus. I love these these YouTube names are hilarious. This was one year ago from Ruster Plus one one one. I don't think Glenn was being a dick. The other guy. Okay, so this is interesting. This is why I screenshotted this. The other guy asked him to say he's sorry for something that Glenn was not responsible for. To me, this seems like a shit move. Even if Danzig was partially responsible for the whole. For the whole of them not playing situation. I don't like all the people being happy that Danzig was beat. He does come across as being somewhat rude, but anyone should acknowledge that he deserves the benefit of the doubt by the fact that he has achieved what he has achieved musically. Just a point of view to consider. I think you don't even have to go there. I think just the fact that, I mean, again, consider the venue, consider the opportunity. And, you know, if we wanted to play devil's advocate, we could say, this is the only time that Danny Macaroni was ever going to get to talk to Glenn. Maybe he never would have gotten his chance, uh, his opportunity to speak. But Danny Macaroni in podcast that I'm not going to, we're not going to listen to it. We're, we're just going to repeat it here. It's on YouTube. You can go out and find it. In interviews, um, has asked, stated that he asked Glenn to apologize. So when Glenn shoves him and says, oh. fuck you, motherfucker, it's because Danny Macaroni has asked Glenn to apologize. So Glenn doesn't, Glenn doesn't apologize for shit that is his fault. He's, right. Uh, he's certainly <laughs> suck it up for this bullshit, you know, yeah. uh, event that he freaking saved by coming in as a last minute substitution. So right. that's, that's just dumb. Right. Um, next comment. My, <laughs> all right. This guy's name is my grandpa says he's DB Cooper. This is from two months ago. <laughs> my grandpa my grandpa says, this whole thing looks kind of weird. If I had no backstory on this, I'd say this thing is staged as fuck. The punch looks like it didn't even land. Danzig looks like a shitty actor or stuntman waiting for the punch. I guess it doesn't make much sense in that context, but I wouldn't be surprised if this turns out to be some troll shit. So this sounds like a guy who is not a fan of Danzig, is not a fan of, this is the most unbiased this is an unbiased YouTube commenter, and this is why I screenshotted this, because this is just a guy weighing in based on the video evidence that we have, and that's why I like that comment. Do you have anything you want to add before we, we move on, JW? No, just that it's it, – it's, it's, uh, I, I mean, if he's going to go conspiracy that, you know, Danzig was in on it and Danzig, they, you know, that they, they, that they both have the whole thing staged – that's pretty dumb because I, I see how you're reading that. I didn't read it like that, okay, but I guess yeah, that's what you mean with the troll I thing. Mean, what he says, troll at the Dan, end. Yeah. Danzig is not the type of guy to no. self-deprecate himself, to sacrifice his own image for, and he doesn't suffer fools. YouTube clips or something. He, he he's just not that. So uh, that's Dan, that's, Dan, maybe sorry. I was wrong in that, but 
But no, that's just that's just a bunch of horse shit. Listen, run with that one, not me. Danzig <laughs> does not suffer one. fools. He does not suffer it's fools. Not the not only time fool. I, I've I've only seen Danzig suffer one fool, and that was backstage at a Danzig show. I saw Doctor Chud get in Glenn Danzig's face, and Glenn Danzig was so uncomfortable and so just like like didn't want to make a big deal about it. There were a lot of people around, and I saw this with my own eyes. It was a Danzig and Doyle show, and Chud was Doyle's on Doyle's guest list. This was when he was still in the band. And I, D- D- uh, Dr. Chud was just in Danzig's face. That's the one time I ever saw Glenn Danzig suffer a fool. I feel like, in general, he doesn't ever suffer fools. So there's something to be said about that. Uh, up next, we have X Xtal Zero. X-tall Zero. How do people come up with these YouTube names? It's crazy. This is seven years ago. Isn't Danzig like 50-something? He's as be uh, he's as beast as ever taking a punch like that. Northside Kings, they suck. Danzig farting is better than everything they've ever done. Agreed. <laughs> I just yes. put that there because of the fifty-year-old comment. I think it's true, man. Take that um, into yeah, account. At that point, he was yeah, probably fifties. I think he's what sixty-six now, some something like that. Well, he's born in fifty-five. Oh, maybe he's forty-nine. He's forty-nine, going on fifty or something like that. Back then, no, he he's fifty. Power. Fifty? Yeah. I don't know. No, now I'm saying now, now he's like sixty-five. Um, well, he's thirty years older than me. I'm thirty-five, so he would be. He's either yeah, he's sixty-five or sixty-six. There yeah. you go. Um, okay. So this guy, Crego Waffles, says, <laughs> "Crego Waffles, Crego Waffles says." In fairness, people were there to see Danzig. This is what you were saying. Nobody was going to see the North Side Queens. Yep. Danzig sold the tickets, so fuck all those other bands. I got cut, or he's saying got cut. They were just looking for a free payday riding on Danzig's, co- Danzig's coattails. 1,000%. So let's go to the comments now real quick. I'm just going to run through these. Um, I Hate Google Tons says, from what I remember, it seemed to be a sucker punch. And like I said, the offending party seems like an asshole tweaker type and wanted attention. Rue Morg says, premeditated, I've heard, regarding the idea that they had a, a camera crew and that they were hoping. Here's the thing. Rangeaholic talks about that a lot, too. He does a thing called uh, Metal Legends or something where he kind of like goes through yeah. the discography of a, of, of a thing. Like I, He has some other uh, screen name he uses or whatever, um, but, he, but he does a good rant on the um, on the whole premeditated thing. And uh, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, uh, here's the thing though. I don't think obviously the, the, the punch is a reaction to being shoved by Danzig. So here's what I think. And this is my personal belief. Again, conjecture as always conjecture. I think that Danny, Danny Macaroni was absolutely hoping to get something on what would happen. Um, I think that he ended up in pay dirt, or he thought it was pay dirt, in the sense the best thing that could possibly happen in his mind, not saying in general, in his mind, the best thing that could happen is that someone would catch him knocking Glenn in a way that he could claim that he KO'd Danzig and, um, and, and do it in a way where Danzig seems to be the instigator. By pushing him in the first place, 
So he really hit pay dirt in what he was probably hoping. But that make no mistake, the camera has its back to Glenn. So I, I said this while you were gone. Glenn, I do you think, JW, that Glenn was aware that there was a camera or that he had absolutely no idea there was a camera? In his statement it's, after the fact, he says, uh, I knew there was a camera recording. Yeah, it's hard to say about the camera. Um, you know, the North Side are actually friends of the North Side Kings have said, you know, they were filming a documentary. So um, I could definitely see where the camera was probably kind of ever present during this, during this day um, and not having any actual show to film. You know, there are probably a bunch of really dumb backstage footage and guys hanging out by the van and whatnot. And so um, given that Danny was talking about, you know, wanting to knock out Danzig. Um, that's really all they had going. So uh, I think I think there's a very good probability that Danzig was aware of the camera. And um, I'm really not sure if Glenn was already tuned. You know, we know Glenn has a predisposition of hating, <laughs> hating cameras and uh, stuff. I don't know if that was a uh, a result of stuff like this happening, or if he was already, you know, already in that uh, in that wiring. But I could see. Well, he always hated bootlegs. He always, so. yeah, I know he always hated bootlegs, but but he also, you know, doesn't really like people just getting up in his shit without you know properly respecting and asking right. and stuff like that. So I could see that definitely being ad being an agitating force and. Um, you know, Glenn not being happy about that. Um, so, yeah, I, it's it's hard to say for sure whether, you know, whether Glenn knew that he was being filmed at that particular time or not. And, uh, you know, a reaction like that, maybe you're you're going to lean a little bit more towards saving face and, you know, having such a reaction because you certainly, like I said, he certainly did not expect a, uh, a hand to come back at him. But, right. uh, but, you know, we already know Danny's a liar. Danny Macaroni's a liar just by just by his own account versus the video. You know, right. like oh, he slammed me against the wall. He did this and that. Like you know, I I shy away from using the word sucker punch because you know you you push a guy, you're bound to have a higher chance of getting punched than if you don't if you don't push a guy. Um, but but I could totally see that you know that uh, you know they they engineered the situation to give them kind of the, uh, the highest chance of, of, of a payout. And I think the thing to, to, to think about too, is they were the ones with the camera. We've never had any other angle, any other footage, not, nothing about that. And never so see they, get to control, they get to control the narrative that way by yeah. going, boom. All right. Here's your 40 second video. Here's your 50 second, whatever the, you know, whatever the length of that is, they don't show us the lead in. They don't show us, you know, what happened afterwards. And so, you know, this like, oh, Lynn Danzig's eyes rolled in the back of his head and this and that, like, you know, like it's, it's dumb, you know, because it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's stupid for the guys that control the footage to be able to also control the narrative. I think that's bullshit. Um, so Winston Smith says, I think Glenn chooses showmanship and stage performance over the mic technique. His monitors are probably difficult to manage for a sound guy. I hate Google tons. Exactly. And he could have just sat on him. He was childish at best. Nothing to be proud of. 
Uh, Winston says Danny is pretty short. Even still, maybe. But even still, Danny has got to have 100 pounds on Glenn Danzig. At least in that video, he looks just much heavier. And that's not saying, that's not criticizing him for being heavy or anything. I'm just saying, weight class-wise, he's just heavier than Glenn Danzig. I mean, probably. Uh, Eric says, uh, what's up with Glenn Danzig and stage monitors? I've read that he doesn't like uh, when they put monitors in front of him, but they always do it, and he regularly flings them out of his way. Dude. <laughs> Dude, it's so true, though. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it at shows. I've seen so many YouTube videos. Uh, there was one time where, like, a wire, a wire, he, I think, like, the wire snapped. And he, like, straight up was, like, in front of the whole audience. He was like, he's like, you know what would have happened if I had stepped five feet this way? This wire would have snapped and it could have, you know, like, tore, broken my skin or something like crazy. Yeah, some of that. That's my that's my later years Glenn Danzig impression. <laughs> I don't have an earlier one, but I do I do later later years Glenn Danzig. Oni sixty four, a regular listener, says they had a camera ready. Russell Casualty says yes. Pre Steve, a good point not to be missed. He, talking again about Steve running sound. I just provided it as an example of how how they worked. Right. Thank you, Steve. Uh, so thank you, Russell. But um, Winston says. Eric, I don't think that's true. Monitors are at every show I've seen of Danzig's, but he's always yelling to turn them up, lol. And you see Glenn, there are so many videos where Glenn's like, you know, he's going like this, or he's he's pointing to the sound guy like, like you can't hear what he's saying, but he's saying like, fuck you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Danny Macaroni, uh, JW just came up with that. I like it. Danny Macaroni, man. That's, I've been using it for years. Great. No, I can't you know. fucking say his last name and don't don't need to dignify him with one. <laughs> okay, fine. He's, not, he's always been Danny Macaroni to me. He looks like some big dubby dumb shit eating a fucking bucket of Reesers backstage that he probably stole off craft services. So fuck him. All right. Um, <laughs> Bradford uh, Mail Print. <laughs> Brad, I love this guy's name. Bradford Mail Prick. I think he's a mall prick. I think he hangs out at the food court or something. It's possible. It's possible. Bradford says. He says Malprick. Yeah, Malprick. Uh, Bradford says, I always wondered why Den Danny yells fuckity when he throws the punch. Does he yell fuckity? I never picked, I never picked that up. I'll, I'll have That's to. so weird. Right, and see if see if I'm hearing the same thing, but I never. I never All right. I, let's hold on a second. Yeah. Let's look up in the Urban Dictionary what fuckity means for our friend. Mr. Well, I think Malbrick. I've used I think I've used the word before. Like yeah, but what does it mean? Fucky and fucked up. Oh, this shit's getting all fuckity, you know. Okay, here we go. Look, fuckity. No, you, see, oh, you can't see this. Hold on. Ready? Here's here's what fuckity means. <laughs> Consulting a real true. Uh, yes, we're going to the Urban Dictionaries. Uh, fuckity means used to enhance and bring more emphasis to the word fuck. Or a phrase in which said word is contained. Fuckity fuck fuck fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's that. Um, so there you go. Oh, we don't want to look at that yet. That that's uh, part of my my presentation. I hate Google Tons says, I don't think Glenn was would fake this petty this, although some of them are into that wrestling thing. That is a you know, what a great point in that again, whether it's implied or not, Glenn loves watching wrestling. And here he is literally in, I don't know, I don't watch wrestling, but I do know that there's the stories. The stories backstage is a big thing of wrestling. And here sure. is Glenn in his <clears throat> own personal WWF story against a guy who looks like he could also be a wrestler. And it looks like two wrestlers having a skirmish backstage. 
So maybe there is something to that. And he, yeah, he's 65. Um, Winston, uh, Winston Smith says that he Thanks, loves Yes. You I like the name, it, dude. I'm a big Dead Kennedys fan. I don't know if I don't know if that's where you got <laughs> shout out. Winston Smith always did all the uh, all the artwork for the Dead Kennedys, all the collages cool. on the inside. Um, really cool, very very cool graphics guy. So um, if that's uh, if that's a nod to him, shout out on that too, and thank you for the compliment. King Diamond fucking rules. <laughs> um, Rue says he believes he said fucking asshole. Very possible. Fucking asshole. Very, very possible. So we're done. Okay, so now we're done. Hold on a second. Now we're done with our comments. Uh, so we can go to this now. So let me show you. A conclusion? <laughs> we're, well, we're getting there. We're, we're the, the plane is slowly winding down. I want to bring in my, my panelists, too. Uh, for oh, a little bit, a guy waiting in the wings. Yeah, we got well, not not quite yet. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Oh, um, no, I think he's just watching. So this, so this is the type of reaction that happens after the thing. You get like bullshit articles like this. I punched Danzig in the face with a picture of Danzig. This was an interview, I think, with the guy. There's the guy, you know. <laughs> but it's just like, look at the way that they look at what how Vice. Oh, of course they use it for. Of, and that's. Yeah. yeah, given it's just farts of my god, what an asshole! Right, and this was from this was from November thirteenth, twenty twelve. Here's another Danzig. I punched Danzig. That's his last name. Mari Mari uh, Marianino Marianino Marianino. I believe uh, to release his book. <laughs> right, macaroni. That's he's going to release his book, and then here's the okay. Ready for this? This. This is from November 2nd, 20, uh, 2006. This is from the Phoenix New Times, Legacy of Brutality. This is an archival thing. Um, and this is a guy talking to Danny from the Northside Kings. But this is something that blew my mind. I did not know. So the incident was captured on video and disseminated by azpunk.com. Now check it out. When you go to azpunk.com, oh, it's not going to let us. There's nothing there. It doesn't exist anymore. So. <laughs> it was a 2004 like yeah web forum, so it's just uh, there. Yeah, and I'm not going to read this whole thing. I just wanted to point <laughs> out. I just wanted to point out that that that's how this that this this all spread. Now right. we're going to go. We're going to go to it. Okay. I don't know what this is real. Although this is just uh, an ad. Okay. Here it is, you guys. <laughs> So let's do the um, let's do the slow version first, okay? Let's do the slow version first. And you know what? If our I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to work. But uh, will will my panelist, if he so inclines to, please step into the waiting room via link? If they do, uh, we don't. This might be a mystery panel panelist. It might not be. It all depends. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see. But in the meantime, we're gonna look at the video. Ready? I'm going to press play. Here is the full video as it happens. Hold on real quick. I do this often and I'm sorry. I always pause videos in the middle of the video and I'm like, I don't, nobody ever complains, but if I was watching this and it was me watching as a viewer, I'd be like, Jeff, stop fucking pausing the video. Shut the fuck up and let the video play. However, it's my show and I will pause the video when I please. So right off the bat, as we were talking about earlier, they very, 
they very ha- uh, conveniently put www.northsidekings.com on the thing. It's not I'm not doing this to. I'm not putting this up here to um, advertise them. It's more about just showcasing what this video is really about. Now, look, Danzig right here, whoever is shooting this is shooting upward, okay? I'm a cameraman, and I can tell you, I'm not an expert cameraman, but I shoot a lot of video, and I will tell you, it looks like the camera is shooting upward a little bit. So that's why Danzig and Danny look to be roughly the same height, but I think Danny is slightly taller than Glenn, okay? I think he's a little bit taller uh, than than Danzig. Let's keep, so now he's telling him something. Look, he's pointing his finger as he's talking to him. He's getting a, a, a point. And Glenn doesn't, um, Glenn doesn't look like he's poised for a fight. He just looks like he's confused the why this shithead is in his face. I, yes, I would, he I would. get annoyed, like Jesus Christ. I thought I could go get a cold water and not have to deal with this dumb, dumb dipshit. Um, so, yes, but we can't see his face, which sucks, which truly sucks. But all right, so hold on. Let's 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 play that again. Look, Wait, look how many his shoulders look to relax. He looks to me like he's actually listening to the guy, which yeah. is which is more than he should have done. He should have just turned around and bailed. <laughs> so, You're actually right about that. Look, right. I suspect, I suspect that you know they're both they're both facing each other. Glenn was probably trying to get you know get to his dressing room or backstage or whatever that whatever place it it, it was that they can recoup. And you know what he just said? You know what he just said? I just heard it um, in my headphones. I've never really listened before. This is what he says. Ready? Hold on, real quick. Ready? This is what this is what Danny says first. Uh, so Glenn just said something like you went on or you're supposed to go on something about him going on. And then this is what Danny says. Uh, yeah. Danny says, I understand that. He says, but if you pushed it back a little bit, he says, I gave you one after the other or something. So this is okay. So it's so interesting how this just turns. So they're they're having a conversation. It's already hostile. You can tell it's hostile by the way that um, Glenn is reacting. By the way, Russell asks a very Russell asks a very good question, and this actually is answered in an interview. I don't want, or at least apparently answered in an interview that we're not going to listen to. I don't want to give this guy. Anymore, you can seek this stuff out. There's a bunch of interviews with Danny Macaroni if you want to find out for yourself. But basically, what happens is Danny says, Here's the thing that never gets worked out this agreement about Danzig announcing bands. It's never, ever, ever, ever explained. Did they personally have an agreement? I say, I say, knowing Danzig's character, knowing Danzig's default positions. There's no way he would have freaking agreed to that shit. I think there's probably a chance that, you know, someone said, hey, uh, when you're done, when you're done with the uh, the set, make sure to tell everyone to stick around, you know, and then like they actually thought that would happen because they're that stupid. But no, I, I don't think there's any way that there was an actual agreement. And the guy that just asked if, if Glenn if Glenn knew who Danny Macaroni was at this point, absolutely not. 
the, 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 this, all those bands on the, on the bill, a, they were there for the stupid Slayer show and B, they were all just a bunch of freaking space fillers. So I guarantee you Slayer didn't even know who they were. And Glenn's, Glenn, Glenn Danzig absolutely did not know who they were and didn't care and shouldn't care. So, but here's the thing. I, here's what I want to know, because I, I truly think, without a doubt, I think no matter what he may, says or does not say, I think that Danny 100% believed that Glenn was going to make this announcement. I th- and so here's what I think happened. I think that the promoter and him had a discussion. Yeah, I don't think he ever had a talk with Glenn or Glenn's camp. And so him confronting Glenn right now Glenn might have gotten some information from the promoter, but it may not have been the same information that Danny had. It might have been a this might be a giant case of, of telephone. And in fact, Glenn is might be incredibly confused. This guy is in his face pointing fingers, you know, telling him what's what in front of people. Glenn reacts poorly by shoving the guy. So then what happened? Well, I totally agree with that. I don't think Glenn knew what the hell was coming down the pipe. And 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 to to further the point, I think you know the the producers and organizers were totally just flying by the seat of their pants, just throwing shit together as it goes. You know, like okay, we're down to one stage. All right, you know they probably got this. Danny fuckface was probably in the promoter's face all day too. And right, and said, don't worry, you can go on after stage. Danzig, yeah, Danzig, dude, no worries. Danzig's going to announce you, Danzig bro. Will announce you guys. You know they probably weren't really even familiar with how Danzig operates and what an outlandish idea that was. So they were probably just freaking treading water, trying to get through the day, trying to move put, move the show forward. Hey, don't worry, Danzig will freaking announce you guys. Not realizing how dumb that was, and and of course that never happened. Because now, now hold on a second, one real quick. I, I do want to point out one thing that I feel is only fair to point out at any point or time at any point or time. All right. Our panelist has entered the back room. Stay, uh, stay, stand by panelist. Um, at any point or time, Glenn could have just through goodwill, just been like, all right, sure. I'll do it. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't sure. think, I don't think that, I, I don't think that it would have taken very much energy to do something like that. But at the same time, I don't think that Glenn was on the same page. No, I don't no. think Glenn would have, you know. Here's the thing. You're, change, you're changing the game plan at the last second. You did, all of a sudden, you're assuming that this guy is going to, you know, announce the fans. That's, that's, out of, that's out of the realm of normal, of normal operations. Glenn's used to doing a kick-ass show. Uh, keep going at the end. He freaking marches off stage and goes, goes to, to proceed doing his own shit. Now, if they actually gave a fuck, if they wanted to actually proceed with that, they should have a had, a, had a person designated to do that besides Glenn. And they should have. And you don't say that after the show, you say it before the show, because everyone once, once dancing leaves the stage, you're going to bail out anyway. So if they actually cared about that and they had the, the plan, they would have said it, Probably not even just the whatever uh, set was before Danzig's and uh, whoever's emceeing, you know, hey, by the way, stick around. we got a lot of great bands after the after the show. We're going to have an after party. We're going to go to the break of dawn, whatever, you know, that's if you wanted to if you actually wanted to proceed that, then do it. 
but don't put that on but don't put that on Glenn. I think that's completely ridiculous and stupid. Now, now um now this is the perfect time. Our panelist is backstage. This is the perfect time for our panelist to weigh in. Um he is actually someone he's someone who I think is incredibly familiar with the Danzig Samhain Misfits camp. Um he used to work uh, very in tandem, if you think about it, because, uh, frankly, his face was was all over the place uh, from, from 1979 all the way up till today. Uh, our panelist, uh, who's invo- been involved in... <laughs> our panelist, who's been involved with um, various uh, uh, instances, also played in a bunch of bands, and therefore I'm very curious to hear what their thoughts are on this specific topic, as well as some of the other stuff we were talking about, band mechanics, band etiquette. So without further, um, without further delay, let me introduce um, someone. <laughs> the Crimson Ghost is here to join us. Uh, this mechanics. is the Crimson band Ghost. Hello. So without, further, um, without further delay, let me Crimson Ghost, you got to turn uh, down, buddy. <laughs> the Crimson Ghost. You got to turn it down, Crimson Ghost. I can hear bleed through. Wait, hold on a second. I'm going to mute him for a minute. I just muted his mic because he has so much. Uh, his yeah, speakers are so loud. Yeah, if he, if, he, if he has headphones and then uh, possibly even take off, yeah. ask if he's okay with. That's that's completely up to the Crimson Ghost. Showing his face. Yeah, I know it's up to him, or maybe just expose a mouth or something to. Yeah. To- <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the Crimson Ghost decides to Crimson do. Ghost, man, that's that's some star power. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you shrugging your shoulders because you can't? There's no way to do the the ec- <laughs> <laughs> He's double masking for uh, for proper, proper. Oh yeah, this is obviously for COVID reasons. Crimson Ghost, you can't. Oh, it's a it's a mask. That's hilarious. Wait, but Crimson Ghost, you're actually on mute right now because you do too much bleed through. You're you're on mute. You gotta uh, put on some headphones, buddy. Can you do that? Here, let's take them off for a minute. Hilarious. Wait, but Crimson Ghost, you're actually on mute. You know, I, it's it's bleeding through. I can't even. You got like some delay too. Uh, well, no, the delay is because he's got the show on. Yeah, yeah. So he, if he can mute the show, Crimson Ghost, if you can mute the show, he's been wa- he's been waiting in the wings. Let me know. Give me a thumbs up. Okay, Crimson Ghost is giving me a thumbs up. Hi, Crimson Ghost. How are you? I'm sorry. Can you not hear me through my mask? Yeah, I can hear you. It's better now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, okay, so welcome to the show. Welcome, Crimson Ghost. Oh. Um, so in the background. Fucking love yeah. that. Old friend, old friend. Um, so so the thing is, uh, we want oh, I can still cut, you know, Crimson Ghost, I can still kind of hear myself a little bit. It's, hold on, I'll try and talk through it. Ready? Um okay, that's actually a little bit better. So I want your Crimson Ghost. I want your opinion on a bunch of this stuff here. Okay, well, everything that we've been talking about. First and foremost, um, th- this idea of Danzig being obligated to introduce bands after he's performed. Also, this pay-to-play stuff. Uh, do you think that the bands were subsidizing the guarantee? Um, what? How should Danzig be received? Uh, being that he's a last-minute fill-in for Slayer, you know all these things and more. This is why I wanted you as um, uh, a panelist on here to discuss these things. 
Uh-oh. The Crimson Ghost is a frozen ghost. <laughs> Come on, Crimson Ghost. Get it together. The toast. <laughs> the Crimson Ghost is toast. No. Um, hold on. Let's take a look at some of these. Off topic, but uh, they, uh, David. David. Lemmy is always on week. topic in my world, David Schneer. Yeah, Schneer. Schneer. Okay, I thank you. I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but. Uh, no, I think that's it. That's known him on Facebook for a while. He's been a longtime member of, of KOD. And uh, ah, I, 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 I got excited about the Lemmy posters too, my brother. <laughs> um, yes. So while we're waiting for the Crimson Ghost to get back in, uh-oh, he, he just exited out. Let's see if he comes back. Uh, Crimson Ghost, we're waiting for you. You you come back whenever you get your 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 uh, your situation sorted. He's the mess, man. Uh, very, but again, couldn't think of anybody better to to comment than someone who's worked with Glenn so closely for so many years. Uh, as the check, out his, check out this chick in the back. I know, she's, I know. She's, she's awesome. standing there, she's doing that like whatever. Yes, after school special, yeah. lockers ready to freaking entangle some guy and entice yeah. him with a bag of uh, bennies or something. I mean, she's she's gonna she she's gonna wreck some lives. She's looking right. pretty. <laughs> you have this other. You have this other woman. She's very concerned. She's over here in the corner. I don't oh, know what yeah, we're dealing with. We. Oh, you know what we're going to do? Let's go frame by frame. Let's, all right. Let's, look. You. You cut. Look, so, so Glenn is. Glenn is is referencing something back there. So here we go. Ready? He's push. He's pointing. You know, they're both trying to be the boss with their thumbs. They're like, "I'm the boss." No, I'm the boss. You know, that's like a very like you know sort of uh, Jersey thing. Yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe. So he's referencing, they're talking about the stage or something. Let's see what let's see. What he's asked him to say sorry. I just heard it. I just heard that. He says, so say not, sorry. Not the approach you need to take with Glenn. Okay, this is crazy. This guy, Richard, says that's not a chick. That's Josh Silver. <laughs> he's talking about the one that I was looking at? Are you serious, man? I don't, how do you know that? Oh my God! I think he's right. Kind of looks like Marty Friedman from Megadeth. No, I don't think so, man. I think that's a chick. I did. <laughs> no way, man. That's a. That, I don't think. I don't think. Oh no, he was joking. He was joking. <laughs> okay. I was, I was afraid to make a wrong call before I got in too deep down that rabbit hole. <laughs> that was that was good. So there's so look. He says he is asking for an apology, which he says in one of his podcasts. He says, "Oh uh, yeah, I was basically asking Danzig for an apology of the thing." And that's when when he asks for an apology, that's when Danzig says, "Fuck you, motherfucker." Ready? Expected. He says, "So say sorry," and then he says, "Fuck you, motherfucker." <laughs> so he pushes him. And look. Um, so all right, let's go real slow. I mean, so slow. <laughs> Ready? We're going to go super duper slow here. Ready? Frame by frame. Hold on. So Danzig puts a hand out. Ready? Wait, hold on. Let's go back to the push. How much power does Danzig have? This guy, we said this. I said this guy's got to have 100 pounds on Danzig. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Look, he pushes. He's not, he's, he's, he's not even pushing on his body. He's like barely, he's like barely on his shoulder. Just, it doesn't call him to fall back. It just takes him yeah, off the center of gravity for two seconds. Out of his face, 
Wasn't expecting, yeah, was, wasn't expecting. He was not expecting to get pushed. Sure. Although he might have, man. He might have. Look at his, look at, uh, I mean, here's one thing. He's taught, he's just talking to him. No, he's not expecting a push. But Danzig, who knows what's on Danzig's face? Danzig might be feeling very provoked at this moment. And then look. It should he be. He goes, push, right? He goes back. This is our Zapruder film part. Ready? Oh, yeah. That's true. I hate Google tons. Uh, uh, says there is a check this out man there is a camera flash somebody takes a picture in this moment look happened here yeah I saw it. somebody takes a picture there it is someone boom someone has a picture of this interesting that's, that's probably the same angle i don't I, I doubt we'd get anything new from it whoa okay rue says something crazy i don't know if i agree with this rue maybe you're right maybe what, jw what do you think Rue says Glenn was going for the throat. You think he, you think he, he, let's look. Ready? Ready? He goes, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, yeah, the left hand does go up by the neck, but it also looks like a push. Could it have been a grapple of some kind? No, it was a push. That was a push. Yeah. I, I, it, it, a push. It's not a definitive no about, about about the throat go, but it really just seems like a reactive, not really, you know, strategized push just to just to, right. oh fucker. Now here's the other thing. Look, Danny comes flying up. Look at the this is something to keep all right, keep your focus on Glenn's arm here. Ready? Look at this. Danzig is not Danzig. Danny is coming back. Look, <laughs> Danzig, but here's the thing. Danzig is not, um, he's not backing down. He's not flinching. Uh -huh. He's not reaching back. Danzig is full on standing his ground. So look, he comes back there. One arm goes up. So Danzig is trying to sort <laughs> of, what is this? What is this? Is this like, this isn't like, here's the thing. By the time you by the time you saw that, he, 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 it was it was just a a, a reflex block when he saw right. when, when he saw. But it's the, not this. He's not wincing. Yeah. He's but he not wasn't. Uh, yeah, it, it uh, you know. He's not wincing. Hold on, ready. Uh, some of that hand still came through. Whoa! Puts up his hand, and then here's the thing: you cannot. It's too blurry to tell. For me, it always looked like a bitch slap, but. I always felt it was a glancing off the off, off the cheek. Look, yeah. That's his. That is the That's the motion of his hand right there. And then look, he connects with his jaw. For sure, he's connecting with the jaw, right? Danzig falls down. Goes down. He does, man. He goes down. There's no yeah. denying he didn't get clocked, dude. He did. He got clocked. But it's so interesting. Look at the way that the hands dance with each other. He, <laughs> we're gonna get really humble. <laughs> I know, right? He goes boom, and then notice this. Look at Danny's arm here. You probably smell his arm. I think look at Glenn, Danny's arm. This is Glenn's head. Glenn, 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 Glenn kind of stank there. <laughs> yeah, look right here. Glenn is facing downward, and Danny's arm actually moves back and hits Glenn's head again. I never caught that. I never look. caught that either. Look. Look, pulled back yeah. elbow on him. Boom. There's yeah, but it's not intentional. It's more it's like just, ricochet. Yeah, it's, it's just sloppy stumbling on both of their sides. Yeah. This was a terrible sloppy look. Boom. It's not a core, it's a sloppy punch. 
This I mean, Daniel a- fell down too, just because he's yep. big sloppy dope. Look, now the camera, it, it looks like people rush in front of the camera, okay? That's for sure. Yeah, see this guy, red shirt guy right here rushes in front of the camera, and that's why we can't see what happens next. Look, okay, someone rushes in front of the camera, boom. That's why that turns. Then we got red shirt guy right here, runs out in front of the camera. Supposedly it's Tommy Victor who pulls Glenn away or helps Glenn to his feet. So hold on, hold on. Now, okay, guy in the red shirt is trying to help Glenn up. Glenn gets up immediately. He is not. Yeah, because he's already on his feet. He just fell down. You Look, know? See this right here? That's his yeah. arm. Yeah. That is his arm, right? Look, he fell down. He's pushing up with his arm, right? Everybody's sort of crowding in. All right, I guess we should pl- press play. Hold on. Guy rushes out to help Glenn. Someone screams, kick his fucking ass. Someone else says, kick his ass. I would say, someone says, kick his fat ass. So I would say those were all Danzig fans. fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 were, they were hoping Glenn was going to get back up and uh, right. put this guy in his place. Right. Someone says, north side kings are undefeated. And, and then someone also yells out, cheap shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Um, wait, hold on. Ready? Yeah, her. <laughs> I like her. She's she's a she's a pisser. You you can't. She's a pisser. She's a pisser. So then that happens. Did, was that Glenn that I just heard saying "fuck you"? I swear to God, I just heard Glenn. I never really, I never really heard Glenn a second time. <laughs> so now Glenn. All right, let's take a look at the aftermath. So here's the other thing that's very interesting about this. So look. Let's 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 look where Danny is. Ready? In a span of Danny punches Glenn. This is at this is let's see the last time we see Danny is at 15 seconds, right? So from 15 seconds, now we're fast forwarding. People rush through. Camera was recording. This is the North Side Kings camera. Ready? That was at 15 seconds, right? We're so now what let's see what time we come back and we see that Danny is already gone. I'm not seeing it's longer than I thought. Maybe here we'll keep going. So you know what happens? It seems like the cameraman gets kind of um like sucked to the back. All right, so look, so by 39 seconds, so when so within 15 plus nine is 20. So in 24 seconds, um, Danny Macaroni is gone, straight up gone. Glenn is not there either. That's and that's the end of the video. And then and then as you can see, look, this is something I never understood until very recently. So people, some context here. Note that Danny is simply talking to Danzig 
and is not threatening him in any way. It is Danzig who initiates contact by pushing Danny because Danny has claimed in interview. Also note that there is no weapon of any kind in Danzig's hand in Danny's. It's, it's like a claimed, press, like a shitty press release. Like they freaking they they scurried up this dumbass video to like you know. <laughs> well, check this out. That guy in the red, the guy in the red is actually the head of the security for the show. He can Great be job, seen dude. behind Danny in the red shirt. Um, so the reason why there's a reason why um, the, the, there's talk of a weapon because according to Danny, and I've never seen anything. And please, someone who's better at the internet than me out there. Who can who can do a better job than me? Freaking um, get a uh, screenshot of Glenn claiming that Danny stabbed him. Danny claims in in Danzig's initial statement that that he was stabbed, or that somebody was saying that he was stabbed, Danny's and that they released I don't know, and that they released this video to prove otherwise. And I have never seen any proof to suggest that no one has ever. Uh, shown that to be the case. Sounds like a bunch of nonsense to me. It just sounds like nonsense. And look how much bigger... Okay, here's the other thing, too. Oh, okay. So I was wrong. The guy in the red shirt... Wow. Okay, discoloration here. So see this guy behind Danny? That's the head of security. Yeah, the red shirt. Yeah. That's the head of security. You should not have... You should not have allowed this to even happen. I mean... <laughs> There's just so much, as, as we said, and here are some questions and some things that I wrote down. And as we're, we're, we're winding down here, people, here are some things that I wrote down. Um, Let's get some closing thoughts. <laughs> well, hold on one second. Let me see, because we kind of covered a lot of these things. Um, I wrote this. I said this already. An agreement that Danzig would announce to the crowd that more bands were playing after him. Who was this agreement between? We already talked about that. Danny wants Glenn to apologize, blah, blah, blah. Talked about Danzig past and future interactions, Dan Danzig's hospital support, exchange being recorded, and how it is recorded. So how is this exchange being recorded? It's being recorded with Danzig's back to the camera. So Danzig, is Danzig aware? Is Danzig not aware? No matter what, Danzig doesn't know that necessarily that maybe that there's a camera to his back at that particular moment. Uh, here's something else that is not that I did not know until I until I um was was going through all this material um so this guy danny is affiliated with a band called soulfly right and he, i know who soulfly is <laughs> right he whatever he's a, he's affiliated with a band called soulfly he tried to fight danny has gotten into a lot of fights he's tried to fight a lot of people it is there is no doubt in my mind that he, of course, he wanted something to happen because he's not get he's not getting noticed for his music. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but even still, maybe Glenn is slightly right in the sense of Danny wanted something to happen or wanted something instigated to happen because Danny couldn't be the one to punch Glenn in the mouth like he wanted earlier, as per the witness, who I think is. A reliable witness. He was a sound man. He was Danny's friend. I think I think it was pretty straight. So I don't know. Um, so there is that to be said. Hold on. Um, uh, ultimately, the clip without context doesn't work. We have no other context besides 
what we like, meaning we didn't get to hear the full conversation before. We don't get to see what happens. We just get it's this is- one. It's an isolated piece of an event. Right. We can, but we can speculate a lot knowing how events in general work and knowing these two personalities and how uh, conflict works. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot that we can speculate on and make reasonable assumptions, even though this is, this video is just a tiny little, you know, window into a larger story. Um, But I think, you know, I think a lot of the, uh, retellings of, of what happened. I think a lot of those are pretty consistent with, uh, you know, the speculations that we've made, certainly with that I've made. Obviously, you've got some guys that come in and, and want to, you know, be more of the story than they were. So obviously, they're going to either right. or try to add weight to, you know, their particular part. Oh, my God, I was in, wasn't it creepitous? You're like, Okay, dude, you just wanted to say creepitous, but <laughs> for the most part, I think even the people that are, you know, Glenn haters and stuff, I think most of the accounts are are rather consistent with, you know, what I believe about the video and, and what I, you know, what I believe were probably Glenn's frustrations with the day and just kind of how this was, in my opinion, just a shit show that got out of hand. Glenn you know, in, in terms of Danzig's band being there, I think they served a function. They served it well. They, they pleased the crowd. They gave everybody their money's worth. You don't give people their money's worth by making them wait freaking eight hours to see the, to see the headliner. So I think ultimately, you know, uh, other than, you know, can you say that Danzig lost his cool or whatever? Yeah, you could say that, but that's what Glenn does. So it's, it's all of this is stupid. The guy should never have been in Glenn's face. You know that it's. I think it's all bullshit. It's a. It's a stupid scenario. Um, right. Whatever, dude. Let's take a look at the comments here. Um, hold on one second. Uh, <laughs> Richard says maybe he dug those long thumbnails in. Um, <laughs> uh, if he really wanted to go for a serious throat damage, he could have done that thumb move and way faster. Just saying, Glenn was not out to kill that guy. Yeah, Glenn's got a dagger. Yeah, <laughs> um, bounce. Rue says bouncer got fired for sure, probably. Should Back be. and to the left. Back you, and to the left. <laughs> I said we were going to do a Zapruder analysis, and we did it. That was the goal of this, ultimately. Um, not Aaron, a lot of grass, not a lot of grassy knolls in Tuba, Arizona. Right, dead, dirty wasteland. Right. Uh, Russell says, surely someone can 4K upscale this video. I mean, if people can upscale a steam engine from nineteen twelve, can't we upscale some macaroni slap? Macaroni slap. <laughs> Somebody needs to write a song about that. That it's would be hilarious. Wet noodle. Uh, David says it was definitely a punch that caught him off guard more than it was a KO punch. Here's the thing. Guys, again, we are not here. We are not here to deny what has clearly happened. Danzig took a took a hit to the jaw and he I dropped hit. to the ground. Happened. Ground. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, I I lean I lean towards uh, towards towards David's analysis. I I think I think he got. I say he got knocked down. He did, I don't think he got knocked out. I think all that. Garbage calling it a KO is complete nonsense. No, it's not a KO. Based, based I, I don't know. 
based on what's there, you know, based on based right. on can observe in the video. Now, it might be it might be too that like by UFC rules, if you get like knocked like that, that maybe it's like a technical a TKO or something. But, but I don't uh, know, man. What'd you say? Uh, yeah, let Rogan watch this. If we yeah, could, like I would love to see Rogan watch this. If oh we can my get God. our Rogan, uh, that would be awesome. Oh, could you? Any of you out there have uh, have some higher up connections? Uh, see see if we can get this in front of his eyes. Like, shot. If I could ask Rogan one question, you say, "Hey Jeff, you can talk to Rogan and ask him one question." It would be, "I want your analysis on this video and what you sure. think happened." Um, Glenn. Look silly as he's falling. Yeah, I mean, I, I would look silly it's too. Look, it's hard to look cool when you fall. <laughs> yeah, Side Kings albums don't sell for fifteen. It doesn't look super cool. By the way, this destroyed the band. The band, the band made the choice to slap Northside Kings everywhere and try to profit off of this in, in a variety of ways. It destroyed the band. Danzig's legion of fans, like just they, they were destroyed after this. This was the thing that ruined. The band they did not benefit in a way that they thought they were uh, going to benefit. I, I I don't subscribe to that. I think I think the band ruined the band because uh, all you have to do is you know see where where they were at the time and where they went after it. And uh, did they do anything with their name? No, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, I mean, they, never made, they never made stars of themselves. But Danny did use it to cash in and, and do a stupid book and he's selling whatever shirts with his name on right. it or whatever. Right. So I don't think this ruined the band. I think this gave them their, their 15 minutes of fame, which he's been milking for 16 years. Um, so, yeah. Right. But the point was, is that they tried to soldier on as a band after attempting to cash in on this. Yeah. And but they don't could you, not. Don't you think they were doomed anyway? I mean, do you, do you think possibly you think that band was actually going to stick around and have, how staying power be the the heroes of Yuba City or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna they're they're just gonna keep on doing doing garage gigs with Creepitus and Children of Tragedy. They're yeah, not, never, <laughs> Children of Tragedy. We are Children of Tragedy. Children of Tragedy. Yeah. Uh, I want to be in the basement when Children of Tragedy were coming up with their name. Hey, what if we were Children of something? How about Children of the Corn? No, nah, man, that's a movie. Evil. Dude, children of evil. Children of darkness. No, nah, man, that's not cool. What about, hey, like she looks at a newspaper in the corner. Hey, man, what if we were children of tragedy? Whoa. To the city. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eric says, if I was Glenn, I would have just said I didn't get hit. I fell over. As I dodge the punch, watch that video again. It's more believable than what he actually did say about it. Here's the thing, Eric. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to be, you know, remember that comment that I read at the beginning that JW and I were both in agreement about this. He said, ultimately, it didn't do anything for them. The people that love me still love me. The people that hate me still hate me. And those guys are nothing. That is literally the, the classiest. Glenn did say the classiest thing that he could say. It was the follow-up that he never needed to say. That that nor this. It just didn't have to say it. And that's honestly Monday morning, uh, you know, armchair quarterbacking via in, internet nerd stuff. But whatever. Um, the camera seems awfully low, as if being filmed. Sir, uh, sir, tip. 
I can't pronounce that word. I'm sorry. I'm being honest. I can't pronounce it. What does it say? Serotipitously? Say, say that word for me, please. What does it say? Surreptitiously. <laughs> I can't. Like, all right. Whatever. Whatever he just said. Uh, though. Surreptitiously. That's that's a tough one. Surreptitiously. Word and want to say it. An ongoing thing on my show is that I'm constantly reading and I'm either stumbling over my words or I can't pronounce words that I've never read out loud. And so I don't try to hide it. I don't try to be, I'm not embarrassed by it. I just, it's just a word on my skin. Sometimes I just suck at reading. That's the truth, you guys. Um, Russell says, uh, because the filmer thought filming in general might get them kicked out, just a thought. Uh, maybe that's actually, I, I mean, that's possible, but I think it's at the end of the show. Mind you, the filmer has his back to Danzig, the guy who's shooting. Maybe that's what's going on. He's got his back to Danzig because he doesn't want Danzig to, you know, kick him out. Pod agrees 100% with Danzig. I mean, with Eric, I disagree. Pod, I, I think the, the first statement was perfect. I hate Google says, so I think he is okay to be trying to keep the Danny guy away from him since wait. So I think he yeah. is okay to be trying to keep the Danny guy away from him since security was trash. Huh. Yeah, you see, security wasn't doing their job, so Glenn right. was just the guy out of the way. Right. Well, in my opinion. And you know what, JW, this is not the first time that Danzig has experienced this in the in the realm of the one of the things that that really plagued the misfits and also propelled them into like you know myth myth like status was when Doyle cracked a kid over the head with his guitar. Now, awesome. now what Glenn has maintained at that after that show in some instances is where was the security not doing their job protecting us from getting they're getting full beers thrown at them, even if it was a punk rock show. In San Francisco in 1981, it's like, you know, there are certain things that are in place to make the show work. You can't perform if someone's throwing full beer cans at you, even if you're call- dropping F-bombs into the audience because it's the town of San Francisco. That, I think, happens here a little bit in the sense of security's not doing their job and this is happening. Again, we're not saying that Glenn didn't get knocked down from a punch. We're just trying to put more context as to how all this happened and try to make sense of it. And that's what we're doing right here, right now. Um, Arlene Specter and the magic fist theory. <laughs> Instead of the magic bullet, the magic fist. Um, Glenn's head is already turning before Danny connects. Was not a solid hit, knockdown for sure. Let's take a look. We're right there right now. Ready? Look, Glenn's head is already turning. Interesting. Right, two things that are never really explained or talked about when talking about this. I know, see, JW, this is where we re- we're really just getting into the 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 the, the disgustingly like uh, boring detail of this. But this is like this is the stuff that that needs to be explored. So look, the arm goes up and the head does turn. Does that tell us that Glenn is? Using some doing something there, or is that just no? He just get. I think I think it's just more indication that not. wasn't really ready for what was coming. If he's already going to be looking at something off to the side, he's he's not. Oh. or is that is that a flinch? Is that a flinch reaction to about he's about to get punched and he's trying to maybe move out of the way of the punch and is unsuccessful and gets punched? It's not a full connection. 
It's not a full-on punch. It's uh, more of a graze on the chin. Scrape. I don't yeah, know. I call, gla- I call it a glancing blow. It's a glancing blow. Fine. We agree to that. Uh, we're never going to be able to come to exact, you know, we're never going to get an exact answer. David says, exactly. Glenn is still performing before sellout crowds while NSK toil in obscurity. Are they even still together? I don't know. Uh, I know that he sells T-shirts. I don't know if they're still a band. I hate Google Tun says Glenn should have stuck with the first thing he said. The I let him hit me thing sounds like the fake what wrestling drama uh, vibe stuff again. Sorry for repeating. That's okay. All I do is repeat every single day, every which way. Uh, you're right about the misfit security troubles. It's just as disrespectful. So there we go. I think I think we have really gotten to the bottom of this. Yes, we're as we're going to. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We really did it. I was, you know, I wasn't sure how the show was going to go. I really, uh, oh, Pod says, this is what we've agreed to. We agreed that it was a shit show that led to conditions where this could happen and that the truth of the matter is it's a, after deep, deep analysis and re- and research done, we stand by the glancing blow theory. Yes, Danzig got hit. It was a glancing blow that did bring him to the ground, but not in the way of a total knockout. Okay, no, no, no rolling eyes. No rolling eyes. No, no shock no over the Campoli. No big elephants. <laughs> so, so that is, and and that is the story. And you know, uh, another topic covered. This uh, JW. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show you, you pleasure, were excellent yeah you, you did a great job um I'm, I'm really glad and for uh everyone who stuck with us we still have 19 people which is really uh i'm really amazed on super bowl night i did not think we'd have 19 people watching this <laughs> that's bad. kind of funny nah, you know for a for a rinky dink little show like this what, uh, what, what uh just curious what what what's the usual uh viewer number when you're going live uh, it could anywhere between it can fluctuate anywhere between five people as much as I've had 35 people at like okay. height. Yeah, real so, good against the Super Bowl then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Again, I usually, you know how YouTube measures their metrics? It's not by views, it's by watch hours. Mm-hmm. So I have, I'm, I average, um, in 28 days, I average a hundred thousand watch minutes on my videos, which is, I don't even know, which is, you know what? It's a drop in the bucket actually compared to other YouTube tracking. It's like nothing, but we do, it usually does pretty good on the reruns. That's what what I mean. I, I, uh, you know, when, when I I do something, I go, go do a Facebook live. Like I'm like 30 minutes. (laughs) Been great. I'm out of here. You know? Rock on Cleveland, but um, yeah, man, I, I look at your shows. I'm like, how the hell can this guy talk about three <laughs> talk for three hours about anything? But I guess we did it tonight, man. You know, say something. My my record, my record is three hours. No, my rec. Well, I've done okay. So my record for just me solo, I've done three and a half hours solo by myself. We're currently at two hours and fifty minutes. Yeah, uh, with a guest. Uh, Joe, my friend, Joe, Joe and I did five and a half hours that I had to split episodes and, and that was a part of an actual, it was an eight hour conversation that went to like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You might have to chop this up into a box set too. 
No, this is this is nothing, dude. Two hours and fifty minutes. We didn't even crack three hours, man. We didn't even crack three. Can you stay? Hey, can you stay for another ten minutes, or can you? Uh, can yeah, you hold on for ten more minutes. All right, let's make it an even three hours. Okay. Good. Good. I like the round numbers. That's perfect. Sure. That's perfect. We still got nineteen sure. people. So if anybody, so let's open it up for for comments. Does anybody have any comment, additional comments, or anything that they want to add? I can say. Uh, oh, one thing I could say for sure, uh, guys, I don't know if you saw my post on the Lodi page, but um, the all the footage, so look at this. See this right here? This is a five terabyte hard drive, and it contains um, four terabytes of all of my Misfits interviews that I've done. And I just transferred that to my work drive. The The work is is due to begin you guys, I'm super excited uh, to, to go back into my interviews. Uh, JW, I did a ton of interviews with a lot of adjacent Misfits people, some actual Misfits and, you know, just like hardcore guys and just a sure. bunch of different people. And um, uh, there's so much, there's so many wonderful goodies uh, waiting to be revealed that I've been lost to time. A bunch of interviews from people that are no longer with us, including Joey Image, Odorous from Guar. Is, is in the documentary. We've got Basil Gogos is in the documentary. Lots wow. of cool people. And uh, so that work is set to begin. What's going on with uh, KOD right now? Is there any, what, I know you yeah. guys had some troubles and now you're back. We didn't, we didn't fucking skip a beat. So, you know, Good for you. About, two, about, about two and a half weeks ago, you know, we got, take, we got taken down by Facebook. Um, we're a dangerous group with dangerous individuals. So, you know, that's what... <laughs> Um, we had 7,600 people at the time. Um, so it's certainly not, uh, you know, people have been gunning for me since the beginning of time. I don't fucking care. That's how it works. So how, how it went down with the takedown, I know for one thing, uh, Facebook was like dialed up to like 100 uh, following the Capitol riots and the stuff that went on down there. So we had any you know, uh, reference to, you know, I, I think I was, cause I was getting reports more like on stuff that had certain keywords, you know, revolution, riots, capital, stuff like that. Um, so I think when they turned those metrics up, I think, you know, we had almost six years of backlog posts and stuff still up there. So I think a lot of the, a lot of it was just auto flag that kicked in, but it's not unreasonable to think that you know, we know there's been, always been snipers in that group anyway. So, and within like, you know, within like, uh, you know, an hour or two of, of, of us getting taken down, some dipshits opened up a freaking counterfeit KOD, you know, <laughs> with the same name, the same fucking cover. It's the same bullshit. It's, that's not even, that's not even an original hack. People have been doing that shit for five years too, nipping at my fucking heels, saying they hate me, saying they hate KOD. But what do they do? They try to fucking jock my shit every time. And uh, you know, we didn't fucking skip a beat. I, I opened up a new a new page the very the very next day, um, and uh, we're you know ten times as more rigorous in who we screen because we never fucking cared about quantity anyway. It was always about quality, and uh, pretty much most of the. Most of the people that were really our core, you know, our core membership and stuff. And I think we have about, you know, 350 something, 380, something like that right now. I mean, these are the people that have actually been active. They actually give a shit. So uh, in terms of content and stuff, 
we're actually better now than we were. So uh, whoever fucking, you know, took down the group or whatever, thanks for doing us a favor because we were able to, to, to just basically very efficiently cut about 77,000 dead weight motherfuckers. I still have like right, right now I presently have about 150 people in the waiting room. Um, if I don't know who they are, they're, they go to the end of the line. So sometimes they contact me directly, give me a little, you know, background or whatever, let me know they, they can be trusted and stuff. And, uh, that's kind of how we're handling it right now. I do it all myself. And, um, you know, we're, uh, we're very proud of what we've done. Like I said, we're not, we're not just, uh, obviously we make a lot of memes. We make a lot of jokes, but, um, people to say, you know, that, uh, that don't understand we're, uh, we're definitely a community and we're looking forward to this pandemic shit getting on again. Uh, sorry, getting, <laughs> getting done with so that we can have more parties and keep kicking ass. You know, we, we always have a strong presence at the shows. Our freaking crew is, is, you know, these, these are the best people in the world and definitely the finest of the, uh, the Danza, uh, Danza community. And we're, we're glad to have you as a part of it, Jeff, and, and, uh, be able to share some content because uh, like you said, when it comes to, to, to the, to the nerd factor, uh, we're as, we're as nerdy as they fucking <laughs> party. We like to have a good time. You know, we come from all walks of life. You know, we got freaking doctors and lawyers and mechanics and fry cooks and just about everything. But you know, when it comes to, when it comes to actually getting together, everyone's the fucking same. As far as I'm concerned, you show us respect. We show you respect and we're glad to, Glad to fucking keep on doing what we do. So uh, thank you for the opportunity, man. I've always said that Misfits nerds are the, oh, sorry, that Misfits fans or Danzig fans or whatever are the Star Wars nerds of the music <laughs> world. It's 100% true. So much so that I think that there was a podcast that did a whole thing on the Misfits and they said that very quote. And I really, truly believe they stole it from one of my live streams because it didn't, they put out theirs in May and my, I said that in March. And I really think that when they were looking at stuff on YouTube, because I put up my first ones and I don't actually know, but I feel like I coined that. In any case, I just want to answer, I hate Google tons. Uh, it's not that I'm uploading them. I'm turning this into a documentary. This is a documentary that is going to be coming out. It's going to be a documentary about the misfits called they came from Lodi. So I may, one thing that I may do, I may take things that are never going to make it into the film. And what I've been flirting with is uh, there are ways, there are like membership. It's kind of like, there's like a Patreon through YouTube. I'm thinking of doing the, it's like a membership. I'm thinking about doing my Patreon through YouTube and people that, that, that go through the paywall can see outtakes of things that are never that are interesting but never going to make it into the doc i don't know if people will find it interesting it's something that i will experiment with i need i don't want to do any crowdfunding for this thing so everything i do you know making t-shirts or whatever is to subsidize costs associated with the doc so i just wanted to answer your question in terms of what am i doing with those um interviews rue says that kod is like therapy um, yeah, and then right, right above that, David Schneer said, uh, it's always the same 10 to 15 losers trying to screw with KOD. Right. So right. true, you know, that they, they, they try to fuck with us online. They, they, they even, you know, freaking trespass into our parties and try to cause bullshit. We freaking remove them. We throw them out. You know, it's the same bullshit. They never freaking achieve anything. And they, you know, they, they've, 
they've tried to already have like a hundred knockoff groups and try to, you know, create their own great value KOD, you know, and uh, more power to them. But guess what? They fail every fucking time. That's why they keep having to come at me and come at me with shit. If you guys had something, go fucking do it. Be proud of your shit. But you don't. You don't have a goddamn thing and you keep fucking biting my ass. So guess what? Every time you do fucking do, we're just going to come at you every fucking time. You know, you're fucking forgettable. That's why they have to freaking come into our parties and try to freaking come up with their counterfeit bullshit. It's the same tired bullshit every fucking time. Nobody fucking cares. So fuck them. Listen, if I have, I don't know what, but when I'm programming stuff in the future, if I think of a good topic that I think you would be good for, I will definitely have you back on as a co-host. We'll figure out something. Yeah, I'm glad to help. We'll figure it out. Okay. So we're we're 30 seconds away from three hours, and that's when I'm gonna end. I love doing this. I always I hate I hate ending on like 255. It just makes me so annoyed. I was like, just talk for come on. We get to, to get to 10, right? We're we're almost, yeah, we're almost there. We're just stalling for time. But guys, thank you so much. Have you guys seen any live shows recently? I haven't been to a live show since the Pixies in 2019. King Diamond was my last one. Good one to end on, but I can't wait to rock out again. Here yeah, Pixies, Pixies was a good Four, one to end on, too. Three, two, two one. one. Peace one. and hair grease.